0: bring it in ladies and gentlemen boys and girls it is super bowl almost eve but for this podcast it is super bowl eve last podcast last read option pod you have before The Super Bowl. Scotty's a nervous wreck. We have Vito. We have not had Vito for the last couple of pods. Nope. Scotty is an absolute nervous wreck. He almost wasn't going to come on the pod today. Uh, He's put on sunglasses to hide the tears in his eyes out of his anxiousness. Uh, But boys, we are here. It is Super Bowl Eve-ish. But we are, as of the time we're recording this, just a few days away from Super Bowl 58. So much to get to. We're going to do our full preview today. We have Vito on the pod, who's not been on, I think, for the last two, three pods. Uh, Vito's been super busy, so thank God we have him on here now. We're going to have some uh, prop bets from Vito since he was not on our prop bet pod on Tuesday. Uh, But everything else, man, we are ready to lock, locked and loaded, ready to go, ready to get after it. I am, I'm so excited. The Super Bowl is shaping up to be... I think I think it's going to be an all, like, I'm going to say all time, but I think it's going to be an awesome, awesome game no matter what happens. Uh, and I think it's one of the most interesting pre-Super Bowl-like discussions that we've had because there are so many storylines. You have the alpha of all alphas in the NFL in Patrick Mahomes, the underdog of all underdogs in Brock Purdy, And we have two teams full of a ton of talent. uh, And I can't get wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm so excited for this podcast. I can't even talk. So uh, Vito, let's check in with, well, let's check in with Vito first. And then we'll get Vito or Scotty after. Because Scotty's going to, we're going to get into our, like, have Scotty doing preview. But we haven't talked to Vito in a while. Let's get Vito. There's a cop driving by my house right now. Ignore that if you hear sirens. Uh, Vito, how are you?
1: I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh yeah, I've been busy with work and travel and I got sick. So just uh getting back to it. But no, everything's pretty good. Um, ready for this Super Bowl Sunday. It's definitely uh, you know, a little bit different. I was telling Scotty too, like last year I had the incredible, you know, experience being able to go and everything. So this year it's just like obviously not as hype, um, not as like all in for a team that's in it, but I think from like oh, thanks, analytical bud. standpoint. I'm not. So, like, I want you guys to win, but it's not like I feel that. It's not like I follow the Niners and love them the whole time or or the Chiefs, right? I mean, I, I don't like the Chiefs more. I can say that confidently, if that makes sense. Um, uh, you got to remember, Scotty, your Niners still have the biggest score differential in the Super Bowl. You beat my Broncos 55 to 10. So, let oh, me you stole your it. offensive coordinator. His name is Mike Shanahan, and that turned out to be a pretty good decision. Full circle, uh, huh? How about yeah, that? right? Um, uh, but no, so so it's it's made it easier, I think, to look at the game, uh, to talk about what's gonna happen here and to really analyze it. But um, I was t- I told Scotty before the preview here uh that we're doing um I had all week ignored all sports talk radio. Uh I think every year I get really, really into the Super Bowl media week and all of this stuff, and I always watch a lot. And this year I decided I'm not I'm gonna avoid it all. Um, uh, from last week through the pro bowl, like through this week and just had the last like day to really look at this. And I feel like it's going to be me like a more regular, right. Routine. I feel like sometimes we overanalyze these games, especially as fans and as betters. So I tried to not do that by ignoring it and then coming back to it. I have no idea how it's going to go, but it's, that's what I'm doing. I'm taking a shot, doing something Uh, different.
0: You know what? I, I feel like I did the same thing this year, but also my team was in the super bowl last year. So right. it's tough cuz when your team's in it you consume every piece of media because your brain is focused on one thing for 2 weeks which is that your team's in the Super Bowl and that's the only thing that matters for 2 weeks. Fuck your job, family, friends, anything else. The only thing that matters is that your team is in the Super Bowl for just for those 2 weeks, of course. Um and of course your your job's still important. You got to focus on that too. Uh but no, I'm I'm with you there, Vito. I definitely have been more cautious about what I listen to from a sports standpoint. I've I've chosen to listen to more music. I've chosen to to find more activities. I'm lucky. I'm busy. Um, you know, I have a lot going on right now. So, uh, Dude, I watched all of
1: me. Love Island UK season ten this weekend. Let me tell you about a trash TV show that you shouldn't get into, but it's so good. Um, so yeah I found distractions as well
0: <laughs> there's an alternate universe where Vito becomes like the big cat of Barstool like where you met the right person at the right time and you become big cat like you <laughs> you the way you view the world man like you have you have so, you're so smart and so intelligent and you have so many different things that you offer and then you'll also be like hey here's also the my recap of love is blind UK edition <laughs> um i love and that's why we love you that's why you are a, such oh, a central Prof. part of this podcast uh because not only are you incredibly smart and uh and thoughtful but you also like all of us can be a complete idiot and watch mm-hmm. love is blind for how many hours
1: no so it's uh it's called um love island Oh, Love Island. Sorry,
0: not Love Island. It Blind. was only 66 I episodes.
1: Not not much a lot of recaps difference. in there. Yeah. Like, no, it was a solid like 40 to 50 hours of watching. Yeah, no, it was a lot.
0: I will say I was, I wasn't sick, but I, I had, we had some stuff come up and I, I, for whatever reason, I had to stay home for like a day and uh, I binge watched the entire first season of the new Ted TV show. Oh yeah. And it was so fucking funny.
1: Oh, that's, I love that's what I was going to tell you guys. I have one Ted, note. Sorry. Go Ted. ahead.
0: No, no. I was just saying, like that. I love the movie Ted like that. I'm, Family Guy humor is just like I am I'm a little younger than you guys. So you guys were like middle school to like late elementary school when Family Guy first became a thing. Right.
1: Like two thousand two, I, so. I don't know. I was always into South Park more. That was my but, style. Yeah. Like,
0: but like two thousand two, two thousand three, right? Like you guys, that was like around the time you were like what, like early,
1: like third grade, fourth grade. I, mean. I don't yeah. want to say. So Fifth that's grade, like the beginning. Okay, so I guess I was almost we're, we're, in high school. I guess
0: school. we're kind of we're we're kind of grouped in there a little bit. But Family Guy, for whatever, for me, like that humor just resonated with me so much. So when the movie Ted came out, that's still I think one of the most underrated movies of the last like. 20 years that movie's so fucking funny uh and the sequel is also very funny but the fact that i made this tv show i did the same thing as you video i binge watched that entire new series on Pe- uh, peacock in like one night like literally like i went, like covered it and like and immediately googled is season two greenlit because i thought i thought it was that funny um but you know what we're digressing we're, we're trying to distract from the obvious People aren't coming to us to listen to our our thoughts about Love Island or Ted the TV show. Uh people want to know how Scotty's doing. Um he's wearing sunglasses for some reason. Um, Cuz the future's
2: so goddamn bright, brother. How about them Niners.
0: You're also wearing a Penn State shirt, and 0 Niners uh gear in sight, which is very unlike 16th unlikely.
2: fairway. Yeah.
0: Um but Tell Police us. management's
2: Scotty. this week. Let's go. I'm ready for it. 16. Scotty
0: and I, Scotty and I, are playing golf on Friday as a as a distraction, which we did last year. Last year, we did the same thing. Oh Scotty shit, and I, we did. Scotty, um, I might cancel
2: because you guys lost.
0: Scotty and I played golf the Friday before the Super Bowl. Uh, there's a video of me teeing off in a Stuart Bradley jersey um, that you then took home after that and had had for a minute i still have that yeah you gotta get that back do you you. still have it i thought i got it back no you do still have it all right well uh so (laughs) we are we're keeping up with the traditions but we're hoping this year's gonna be different uh people are worried and concerned they want to know how you're doing scotty so give us the fill in um a lot of distractions this week for you a lot of like trying to keep your head above water making sure everything's kosher make sure everything's good um, but look, at some point, reality is going to become reality. How are you feeling right now as we uh we hit just a couple of days away from Super Bowl 58?
2: I'm good, man. I am rolling. I am good. I'm mellowing out, nothing but positivity this week. I'm uh, you know, I I said this, I mentioned this on uh on Tuesday's pod how how easy it is to get wrapped up in in every form of media, like you described at the top here. Um, And again, not in a in a way of bragging, um, even though it might sound this way, uh, it's not how I intend it. But the fact that I've been to now, this is my what third or third one in the in the last decade, um, and I've I've matured as an individual. But even beyond that, like I I know that like what to turn off and when to turn it off. Right, Um, this is a good week to get all the content you could possibly want. Guess what? I know these two teams are good. I know my team is good, perhaps better, as we dissect it uh, later today on this podcast. I don't need to hear about how one step of a linebacker's play uh, on a particular coverage uh, on Travis Kelsey or George Kittle is going to affect the game. I don't need to hear about any more about Brock Purdy. I trust and have faith in that man more than I do most people in this universe. I don't need to hear about what scheme Kyle Shanahan's going to come up uh, with or the same on the other side for Andy Reid and, and Spags. Enough. Let them go play. That's what I'm here for. Uh, that's what I'm here to, uh, to, to help break down for you guys. Uh, and and uh, I'm feeling good. I'm positive. I'm confident. Let's do this.
0: Okay. So aside from what you're telling yourself to believe, how do you actually feel?
2: That's how I feel, bro. That's how I feel. Honestly, like, like, because what's the sense in sitting? That's what I'm saying is what's the sense in sitting here watching eight to 12 hours of content uh, listening uh, as well, uh, like the good folks listening to us? uh, What's the sense in doing that and being like, oh, fuck, you know what? You're right. Willie Gay is pretty good. Like, I know that, dude. Like, I don't need to to, you to tell me that. I don't need you to tell. Like
0: Because I think people want to know and we'll get into it with the preview. This is. But I think people want to know what are the things as a Niners fan, just like last year with me, right? What were the things that were gonna that I was concerned about? What like you are invested in this in a way that the majority of our listeners are not invested in.
2: Yeah, no, that's fair. You
0: know what I'm concerned with. Know if we can, like, if if you are that concerned, I I I don't want to say that concerned because there's a million things you can worry about. Ultimately, the game's gonna be decided, but. People want to know, like, if, like, what is that, like, I don't want to say worst case scenario, but like, what are the things that are like, those little thoughts that you have to kind of keep pushing out of your head, you know, mm-hmm. as you approach games mm-hmm. like this, you know, where you're like, hey, you know what, like, you're, you're clearly approaching this from like, a, I'm going to be Joe cool, until we get to the game, and then I'm going to let my freak flag fly. And then we're all going to be about that. But
2: sounds like my city.
0: In order to do that, you're gonna have. I know because I was there a year ago. You're gonna have these little thoughts that just jump into your brain. Boom, 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 and you gotta kind of push those out. What are those? Yeah, thoughts that's that what uh, that's
2: what edibles are for, Jeff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which I fair, but also what I want to know what the thoughts that you are like. What are the things that you are blocking out? Because yes, there's the general noise of the Super Bowl, but I there has to be specific things that are hitting you that you're like, not going to think about that. Not going to think about this. Yeah.
2: I'm, I'm blocking out 15. I know, you know, he's going to do his thing. I'm blocking out. Um, do the Niners have enough on both sides of the ball to, to limit Kansas city, um, or overtake them. And, and, um, and what, one of the things we talked about is, is, uh, Kyle in the big game. That's it.
0: Those are the big those ones. Are, those
2: are the three big ones. Other than that, Fred Warner is going to fuck Travis Kelsey up. Oof. Um, and even if he doesn't, like, I, 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 trust that the adjustments that will be made. I, I, that's that's the other thing I'm like when we talk about Kyle Shanahan, it's just the adjustments that we made because clearly yeah. it worked in the in both playoff games, which uh, t- on both sides of the ball we weren't playing great, but uh, the adjustments were the thing that that made the difference in both of those games. Um, can we do it again in uh, against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid?
0: Well, we're going to talk about that and a bunch of other stuff uh, throughout this podcast. Before we do that, though, we did do our uh, props podcast, which has become a yearly tradition. This was our fourth Super Bowl to which we've done this, and the first time that we did not have our uh, resident degenerate um, which I say that tongue in cheek because I think all all of us, like we all have learned from Vito. We've learned the ways. It's like the Jedi, but yeah. for gambling. Um, I'm Yoda. Fuck yeah. It's, it's <laughs> like how if, if Yoda was a degenerate, but like also slightly like not a mediocre gambler, but like a slightly better than average gambler. That's kind of yeah. how I that's kind of how I think about you, Vito. In, in Thank spots you. Like Anything this,
1: above right? average is tough. Let's be like honest.
0: I like I revere you because you think of things from a, a a prop bet and like gambling standpoint that me and Scotty don't. You know, so like I hold you in this this tier above us, but like we're just trying to learn from you. You know, you're no, our you Yoda guys. You guys have when it obviously... comes to like barely getting above like winning. So, um, let's hit it right now because we missed you on Tuesday's pod, mm-hmm. um, and. We need the people and me and Scotty also need your uh, your prop bets for for this year's Super Bowl. So go ahead and fire away whatever you got. I know you're're you're, you're super excited about one in particular. Um, yep, so go ahead and let it rip. Let's see what you got.
1: Okay, we're gonna start off with just some quick hitters and some stats and I don't know like there is a couple things. now that some more datas come in right it's later in the week, there are a couple things in terms of where the money lies, right? That's pretty interesting. The most lopsided bet is Purdy for passing yards. 90% of the bet's been on his under. I know that I like fading the public. I don't know if I love that bet, but that's just an interesting take. I think it's at like 239 or 49. So it's a it's pretty high number, but still, um, that's an interesting take. And then obviously, the, there's a bet out there. Travis Kelsey touchdown has more money on it than either spread or either money line all combined. Wow, that that is like when people talk about the Taylor Swift impact and everything like that is wild for the amount of money to go on one player to get a touchdown. And it's not Christian McCaffrey like that's I don't know, like just in terms of why you would do that. It's crazy. I actually like that bet. I think that Travis Kelsey has been performing really well in the playoffs. That was it felt like the scheme the whole time. I know I was talking to this pod about it like, hey, he's yeah, he's not doing great in the end of the regular season. He's going to turn it on for the playoffs like Gronk did at the end of his career. He's been doing it. I think he's going to be able to get in the end zone. I think he's going to have a big day. I like him getting a touchdown. It's minus 105. And I also like on ESPN, there's a different one where a little riskier, obviously, but between Travis Kelsey and Christian McCaffrey, over two and a half touchdowns. And it was like plus 475. And I really like that one as well. Um, I think those two, in terms of touchdowns, are pretty good in the game. Um, just because both those guys find the end zone. Um, uh, I'm just writing it down in our in our list here, but yeah. that's that's a really good one if you're looking for some value. Um, but there are some classics that we need to talk about here, and we're going tails again. Okay, here's the deal: tails, tails. There's been 30 tails and 27 heads in the history of the Super Bowl. Tails never fails, although it has failed 27 times. It will not fail this time. Um, this Tales is obviously, failed. this is this is the $100 bet. This is how you start the game off. We talk about every year you got to start fast. If you're in a watch party, you got to let everyone know that you mean business and you got $100 in the coin toss. What happens right after that? Oh, I got another $50 on how long the national anthem is Or right before that. And then well, right wait, after wait,
0: that. Wait, wait, real quick. Where mm-hmm. did you land on this? Because I found out after we recorded on Tuesday or Monday for Tuesday's pod. That Reba McIntyre's over under at 90 seconds is would go down as one of the shortest national anthems of all time. Yep. So the, right now the, the Vegas odds books and and v, and Scotty and I both went heavy on the under. And I told him I was like, try we, I tried to make the case for the over but I didn't do it with the full context about like there have been national anthems that are like two minutes plus. And we're talking about like it opened at 86 and a half and now it's up to 90. That is still 30 seconds less than like what the average overall like national anthem is. So the projections right now and where the over under is set at is viciously low comparative comparatively to what historically the national anthem has been which makes me feel a little bit i think there's in the last 20 years there's only been one national anthem that's been less than 90 seconds
1: the thing about reba though is that she sit like the way she sings and her pace is faster so See,
0: that's what, that's what we were you saying. You got to go on
1: individual. I think this is purely, you know, music, Jeff, if she's just got a faster tempo, you're not slowing her down. She's been doing her whole career. You're not telling yeah. Reba how to tell her, sing the national anthem. And even though it's the super bowl, 90, that's what you have to 60. account for. Is she going to make it dramatic, right? It's the super bowl. I think that that's a really low number. The most I was going to hit the over because just even what happens in terms of like, um, Let's say, you know, as she's going again, she holds the last note for an extra four count. I don't know. Like we're, we're talking, we're splitting hairs here. That's why yeah. I like an over because some stuff can happen like that.
0: If if the number, if it's like, if you can get it at 86 and a half, which there's still some sites where you can get at that, hammer that, like hammer 86 and a half. What I will say, and this is important to note, and maybe it doesn't apply as much to like crazy famous people, but I think it's still a human thing. Everything you do as you when you're doing something live, you whatever you practice, practice it slower because when you do it live, you're going to have a higher tempo. Like, I'm getting ready to play a gig in a couple of weeks, I'm doing everything slower in practice because I know when I get there and the adrenaline kicks in that, like, I'm going to want to rush. Like, your instinct Absolutely. is to rush when Absolutely. you go through those moments. But ninety is so low. Historically speaking, again, the last twenty years, I think there's only been one that has been below ninety seconds. I think it was Kelly Clarkson, like two thousand two, two thousand three. It might have been like right after she won American Idol. Since you that's been gone. just yeah. that is just a that's a low number. And when you really, if you say if, again, if we said like, hey, heads hit nineteen out of the last twenty years, you'd be like, all right, well, I'm gonna go with heads right? You know, like if any bet you told you 19 in the last 20 years is this hits, you would lean
1: towards that. I don't know. I might lean against it. Just statistics, but who knows? Who knows? I don't know. Either way. It's a great bet. All right. What else?
0: Yeah. What else do you got
1: here? I want to make sure. This is my favorite bet. This is my favorite bet that I've ever seen in my entire life. Maybe. Okay. That's, uh, that's where I'm at with this right now. An alien invasion causing the game to result in a tie is plus one hundred thousand. And let me tell you what this line came out, and everyone was making jokes about it. I saw this on one of my betting things. They're like, "This is one of the funniest things we've ever seen." Right? Why the hell would Vegas do this? Who would take this? Two days later, we have a UFO sighting in Sweden from their government cameras. It just happened. Okay, I, this I did not the, see that. Ca- the videos are online, and if you look at this thing, this looks like a mix between what you think a flying saucer would be like and the USS Enterprise from Star Trek. I don't know what's going on, but something's up. The fact that they're showing up, they know it's one of the biggest events in the world. Uh, It definitely goes down. If they wanted to invade, that's a good time to do it. That's all I'm saying, right? I think arguably that's a top five moment in the year that they would want to invade is the Super Bowl Sunday. I think that's a good idea. They want to come down, give a message out. Maybe they want to come down. We'll play. You guys get your best out. We'll combine the Chiefs and and the Niners, and we'll see who wins. But either way, it sounds like like for plus one hundred thousand, you throw ten bucks on that as a joke. And if anything happens and the world's going to shit, you can be like, "I want a lot of money," you know, just like a dumbass comment.
0: Look, Vito, this podcast Is is this. It's fake. It's all. It's completely fake. I just I just looked it up. What the video
1: of the you don't UFO. know that, <laughs> yeah. Okay, they, they got they got to they got to the social media. This is classic
2: Swedish alien mafia, <laughs> Swedish
0: uh, it was made by at Qvest Designs and posted to Instagram. They have that's the what video. they want you to
1: think. Man, man, does that count as like no? Uh, I mean, don't be wrong, there's been centrating. some freaky UFO like alien videos recently. Um, area 51's right there. Scotty pointed that out. Like, we got mm-hmm. it's yeah. listen, they could point is it could happen plus 100,000. This is one of the funny, this is objectively the most ridiculous bet that's ever been created, in my opinion. Like, this is Look, one for of the that most reason, reason alone. You have that's to why it's bet like, it. what does Vegas know? What does fucking Vegas know? They know they always know this, shit, okay? They always or they know like, that why is the line money. that low?
0: They yeah, know that it's, yeah, it's very easy to make. You have a Super Bowl that could go either way. How can we get people? How can we get people to bet on other stuff? Oh, UFO video. Boom. Done. Put a line out there for the UFO thing because everyone's going to bet that. Yes, there is the UFO that, of course, is going to be an alien invasion. And you know what? If we're still doing a podcast on Monday after a potential alien invasion, which I would love that, but. If there's an alien invasion, we're probably not doing a UF. Uh, we're not doing a, a, a podcast on Monday. If that happens and you win, you, you get to host, you get to become the host. All right.
1: By, I, just, I just want one, one episode,
0: you know, no, I will give all intellectual property <laughs> to you. We can write this down as a, as an actual contract. You get all the IP that exists with the read option podcast. If, if there's an alien invasion that comes during the super bowl is that a fair is that a fair deal i mean yeah i'll take and if I'll there's take... not then yeah, that's then the next time i see you you either buy me a beer or you pay for a round of golf whichever comes first
1: well that's okay i'll do the beer i think a beer is fair
0: i think a round of golf's pretty fair
1: too. i think that's a little steeper that's i mean little... i'm
0: putting all the all of my intellectual property here i mean
1: yeah, but if an alien invasion happens, like how many golf course, you know what I mean? Is that? Well,
0: I'm yeah, didn't weird. you watch Space no, Jam? I'm That's how they got Michael no. Jordan.
1: That's true. Shit.
0: Come on, Mahomes, man. That's... Space Jam 3, but it's football this time. Oh. And it's Mahomes.
2: You would take him and we get a Super Bowl. <laughs>
0: uh, okay. So, aside from your alien bet, Vito, which I did not think that was going to be something I ever said on this podcast, yeah uh what what else do you have for your profits
1: <laughs> no that's that's mostly it um there's a couple other ones that are decent <laughs> it's like one um, and
0: then it's the alien that's like yeah it's pretty strong, ben.
1: well no no i had the other ones like the t- travis kelsey for sure him and christian mccaffrey i love the tales. brock pretty under there's just so many people on it that's also one where it's like seems like fading the public could be a good idea i think i'm staying away from it at the end just something to note um i do also love uh, longest field goal uh, over under 46 and a half. I like the over. Um, I just think that in these games with these teams, if they're closer than that, they're probably going like, this is going to be, I think a higher possession, higher scoring game. Um, so I, I think there's going to be a longer field goal than that, uh, th- that, this is the kind of bet. When you look at the Super Bowl, you also have to realize, right. How they're going to play the game, who these coaches are and, um, And I don't think betting a lot of the other ones, like the the first to 10 to 15 points, any of that stuff, I personally just stay away because you don't know how the game's going to start. Either team could come out super hot or super flat. You'd think the Chiefs are going to come out with a bang. And that's why if it's going to be anything, um, there's one bet that I love, which is the Chiefs to get points before they punt. Um, I think that's a really good bet. Um, And right now, points scored is minus one Oh five and a punt is minus minus one twenty five. So it's actually better odds. You know, it's, it's more rare. They're going to obviously get points scored and the same bets out there. This is on ESPN bet. The same bet with the same odds is out there for the Niners. I just like it for the chiefs more. I think they're going to start hot. um, Just because of the fact that they've been to so many damn super bowls in the last couple of years.
0: Well, and also, I mean, think about the way that Kansas city looked when they opened up against Baltimore Went right down the field. Mahomes is perfect. They score a touchdown. Yeah. No, I uh I like it. All right. Well, we got Vito's bets. We got our check-in with Scotty. We're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back. We're gonna do our breakdown. This is I think the third year in a row we've done this. We're gonna do offense, defense for one side, offense, defense for the other side, and uh make see how how see how these guys, you know, kind of line up, and then we will finish with our picks for the Super Bowl. And all that's coming on the other side of the pod. Read option. Take a quick break. We'll be back on the other side. All right. We got some football to talk about here, boys. Let's go. Super Bowl 58 is right upon us. And uh, we're going to go, again, side of the ball versus side of the ball and side of the ball versus side of the ball. For those who are new, Chiefs offense, Niners defense, Niners offense, Chiefs defense, and we will end with our picks after that. So let's get into it. We're going to start off here. Niners offense versus the Chiefs defense. And I'm picking this in particular because I think this is where the most uncertainty lies. All right. We've seen this Chiefs offense. We've seen it over the course of an entire football season. Through, If you just look at the games in totality, overwhelmingly, the games where you've seen the Niners full offense with Trent Williams, with Brock Purdy, with Debo, everyone else pretty much still undefeated. I think there's, I think the only game that they lost with everybody healthy was the Niners game or the Ravens game. The Niners have looked awesome on on that side of the ball. The chiefs defense, as we've discussed throughout the year on this podcast, and we talked about it early in the season and then we kind of went away from it. They had the loss on Christmas Day against the Raiders. And you're like, all right, are we really considering like this? There's no way this Chiefs team's getting back, but you can't count them out because of Mahomes. And like I said to Scotty on Tuesday's pod, here we are talking about Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, right? Because we, we kind of it was a throwaway. You know, the Ravens looked so good, and there were teams they have the Bills, had, these teams look so good. There's no way that the Chiefs, in this iteration, is getting back to the Super Bowl. And what did they do? They found a way to get to the Super Bowl. I think in terms of the natural mismatch for what the majority of the season told us, the Chiefs offense against the Niners defense is is going to be the biggest question because if we take the bulk of the data, you look at it and you go, all right, well, the Chiefs offense really shouldn't, be able to move the football that much against the Niners defense. The Niners defense has been offense, has been awful. Even even with Hufanga being out. This Niners defense is, is, you know, yeah, it's it's been good. It's been really good. It's been awesome. It's it, you have Warner, you have the D-line. You trade for Chase Young, all this stuff. Like we've 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 built up this Chiefs, uh this Niners defense as much as we possibly could have. And yet, Mahomes is such an x factor when it comes to trying to come up with a game plan and the way that he's played in this postseason the way that travis kelsey has played in this postseason the way that rasheed rice has been able to alleviate some of that pressure on travis kelsey particularly in the coverage standpoint we're talking about like hey everyone's game planning for travis kelsey all right well now you have to deal with rasheed rice It's a weird spot because so much of the season we talked about all the drops, the game against Philly and VS dropping balls and, and McCall Hardman now back with the chiefs dropping balls. And and you're talking about, uh, uh, what's it Kadarius Tony, right? Being off size all we've had so many conversations about what this chiefs offense could be, but ultimately failed to become. And we're putting that up against a defense that throughout the history, like throughout the majority of the season, has been phenomenal but then you look at those last four or five games that the chiefs or that the uh i keep combining the two the red is blurring in my mind that the niners defense has been in right you go to the ravens game the commanders game right the commanders were an afterthought commanders have the second overall pick second worst football record in football this year and yet The commanders were able to move the ball against the 49ers throughout the entire first half of that game. And then you add in their two playoff games against green Bay and Detroit. It puts us in a very unique spot here where it's like, we have a large body of evidence that says the chief's offense isn't that good. And the Niners defense isn't, is really, really good. And then you look at the last five games of the regular season into the postseason. And it feels like that narrative has split. So, Vito, we'll start with you. Well, Vito Vito just walked outside. Uh, Scotty, no, he's back. He's back. Vito, we'll start with you. How do you fall on on this matchup between these offense? How do you combine what we saw through the majority of the regular season with both the Chiefs offense and the Niners defense versus what we've seen over the last two months of these two offense-defensive pairings? and decide which one do you think is more significant between the two
1: so it's been to your point they they've showed di- their different uh shades i would say in the last uh, yeah month to two months of of you know football and one of the craziest things is right teams just get hot i think you get to ride and you got to look at the trend right of how they're going right now in this in this area now you can always say hey they're the potential to do something but i think the hardest thing for me um, the, the I guess the performance that stands out on both sides was listen, in the conference championships, the Chiefs' offense did not look that great. Now they got the 17 points to win, but that was it. And they could have scored more and didn't. Now, on, the, on like, but Mahomes played out of his mind. Like he played really well, right? That was good enough to win the game, but their defense won that game. Their offense really didn't. On the flip side, the Niners, they they came back in the second half. Yeah, and their defense played well. That first half, I mean, Scotty, we were talking about it. That was one of Fred Warner's. The the first half there was just a freak thing. And I think that was like not even – I would say the Packers game, they played even better, but that was a weird half of football. I'm The most inconsistent group, I think, out of either side is the Chiefs offense. But I think because we're talking they're in the Super Bowl, I'm going with them because of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and their experience and the line and everything, I think they're going to be able to, you know, move the ball enough. They're not going to win in a shootout. I don't think, but I don't think it's going to necessarily be one we'll see. Um, but I think the Niners just showing that like they had a really big slip up in that first half against Detroit, they're going to have to really show they, you know, they don't have those mistakes again. If they do, um, the chiefs capitalized really well on mistakes and that's what makes a championship team. I mean, that's right. Listen, last year the Eagles had one turnover and it was a touchdown for the, to the chiefs. And that was a difference maker. Like th- they'll capitalize on that kind of shit. So, um, I just think this unit with their experience outweighs it. But I think when you just look at talent, yeah, I mean, I I would say the Niners are up there with everyone they played. The thing is they just beat the Ravens and the Ravens, I think, are a very similar team to the Niners, um, Especially, to, so I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens, but that's where I'm leaning right now. Is just that experience on the chief side.
0: Good, Scotty. All
2: right, it's just 15 and 87. I don't give a shit about anybody else. They're going to be able to stop the run. The difference is, like, are you going to give Mahomes that extra possession, like Vito said? Are you are you going to commit early to? Hey, we're going to bracket. Uh, Travis Kelsey with Fred Warner and and potentially Drake Greenlaw or one of the safeties dipping down, and and try to limit that, and then that opens up Rasheed Rice and it opens up Isaiah Pacheco for running the ball. Uh, they run the ball twenty times a game or more. Um, they're going to. I don't see them like moving away from it, right? Uh, especially early on, where you want to force the Niners' defensive line, this vaunted defensive line, to get pressure on Mahomes. Um, so I think that's going to be the, the tail of the tape early on, um, a little sluggish, uh, in the, in the early going, but, um, I think, I think once, uh, each of them gets themselves figured out and makes adjustments, it'll, it'll be a, a totally different story in the second half. Uh, again, like you think you can run the ball on the Niners. Yeah. Like the last two weeks, they haven't looked great, but again, like they had two weeks off essentially, cause they didn't play any of the starters in the. Two and a half, really, in the second half of the Commanders game, they didn't play at all in Week 18 against the the Rams, and they had the bye week in the in the uh, in the uh, wild card round. So starters really had like two and a half full weeks off for the most part on defense. And I attribute a lot of the issues in the Packers game to rust. I attribute the fact that Detroit was able to do the same thing. So the fact that Detroit's really fucking good at running the ball. Um and, and again, they made the adjustments in the second. How many second half yards did Jameer Gibbs have? Not a ton, bud. Um not and, enough for
1: my over. Thanks. That's right. And
2: <laughs> and so I, I, I'm I'm thinking it's just getting back in the rhythm. Um, and you know, it might you might see a similar thing early on uh here since we've had two weeks off where it's like oh pacheco's running the shit out of the ball um but we got this guy Mahomes i can throw the ball let's go do that um so i i see a similar way playing out uh you know especially early on but again it boils down to to 15 and 87 and uh, and it boils down to the middle of the field because that's where the chiefs like to play on offense you're not going to get a ton outside the numbers you're going to rely on Travarius Ward to make the coverages, particularly on Rasheed Rice, uh, and play over the middle. But he's going to need a lot of safety help from guys like Jair Brown um, and and uh, D'Amador Lenore coming over on the other side, who who's going to have some speed going up against him with MBS uh, as, as the Chiefs receiver. Um, and then, obviously, Travis Kelsey. I don't think a ton of that. I, I don't see the Chiefs deviating a ton from like, hey, we're going to all of a sudden going to go play outside the numbers. Like they're going to play the middle of the field. And like, if you just, if I, I'm convinced that if we can stack the box and force Mahomes into stuff, you don't even have to say, like, this is one of those games. I said this against the Eagles earlier this year where it was like, oh, uh, we don't really have to blitz Jalen. In fact, that's probably better. And in the first quarter, first half really used like, Saw the pass rush wasn't getting home, and it was like, yeah, but also, uh, it it gave time for Jalen to, uh, have to scramble, make a decision, and then all of a sudden we're getting a ten yard sack because he had to scramble out of the pocket. Nobody's open downfield because of good coverage, and boom, just like that, ten yard sack. It's third and twenty two, and uh, and you're running a draw play, uh, to try to beat us, and you're down. Uh, then you find yourself down by thirty. That's really easy to do. With the team that likes to play over the middle like that, um, and the Chiefs do it way more so than the Eagles do. So um, I'm anticipating that. I'm anticipating the linebackers getting right. I'm anticipating Drake Greenlaw getting physical from the jump. The only thing is, like, you can't let Travis get in your head. Like that was some some of the fun stuff we saw in the in the Ravens game in the AFC Championship was Travis getting in in people's heads. We saw, I, again go back to that Eagles game. Drake Greenlaw, like when. They got the Eagles sideline got in his head that we saw how that turned out. So uh, keep your focus, keep it in front of you, um, and, and like listen, it's not a bad day if you get beat by Mahomes, but you can't get beat by Mahomes and Pacheco and Kelsey and Rasheed Rice. You know what I mean? Um, so uh, I I think middle of the field, keep it tight uh, like they've been doing all season long, and eventually one or two times the pass rush is going to get home uh, and get Mahomes down
0: i i think there's a i think when you notice certain trends in the nfl like it's hard to compare things and you're like hey the ravens had the best regular season schedule and record throughout the in like the entirety of the nfl so they come in they take care of business against san francisco on christmas day that's to be expected what's not to be expected is that Washington hung with San Francisco for the majority of that game. What's not to be expected is Green Bay having a lead going into the fourth quarter in the divisional, or yeah, the divisional round. What's not to be expected is the fact that Detroit dominated that game throughout, you know, the entire first half. And then if they just get out of their own way, Detroit's probably playing in the Super Bowl.
2: Not to cut you off, but I think you're devaluing the, the, how good those, Two teams are two teams are. I'm not. I, the I, commanders I already think, said my piece. I think on. you
0: can make the argument for uh Detroit being like, "Hey, I'm I." Me saying that is devaluing how good Detroit was offensively because Detroit was one of the best offensive teams in football a year. Green Bay was not. Green Bay got their shit together at a clutch time, but overwhelmingly throughout the season, I mean, Detroit or uh, Green Bay barely. Barely made the postseason, like at, by the skin of their teeth. Green Bay made this made the postseason. We're not talking about Green Bay as a divisional winner who came in there. Green Bay, it, it, if I'm a Green Bay fan, I look at that game in the division round, being like, "Damn, we missed an opportunity. We should have won that game." You know, and and, and look, Jordan Love played great, but Jordan Love, I, and this is something we'll talk about in the off I think the Jordan Love hype is still slightly overrated. Like, not to say that Jordan Love isn't a great player. He is. But is Jordan Love so great that he was ripping up this San Francisco defense that all year we were touting as one of the best defenses in the NFL? Or did that game against Baltimore expose some stuff that San Francisco did? Because that defense, even with Ofanga's injury... That defense was still incredible. Like when Hafanga went out, there were still what five, six weeks where that defense felt impenetrable, where that defense still felt like it was going to be one of the top two or three defenses in the NFL, even without Ofanga. So you can't blame it on injury. And even after the Ofanga injury, they still went out and got Chase Young. They still went and added pieces to the defense. Randy Gregory, yeah. Yeah. Randy Gregory and Chase Young both got added to the roster post the hofanga injury so to me looking at it from a perspective of like all right is it possible that jordan love is just fucking incredible now and yes they lit up he lit up the cowboys and that game is totally fair he also had a pick six and a really really crucial turnover in the dallas red zone that kind of helped shift that game it's not to say that jordan love won't be great but i think We're going to see a lot of talking heads talk about, hey, Green Bay, they're the next team up. They're going to be the trendy pick. to be. They're going to be the trendy Super Bowl pick next year, right? They're going to be the trendy, you know, NFC North championship pick next year. Jordan Love could be great. I'm still not sold that Jordan Love is like, all of a sudden, Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre. He could be. I'm just not sold there yet. So when I look at the way that San Francisco's defense has played against, Them and against Detroit, both of which have been pretty good offenses, and Detroit's been very good at times this year. Washington, I remember trying to talk about them and being like, "Hey, they have the pieces." Sam Howell, I'm a fan of Sam Howell, but like when the Eagles played them, they lit them up. That was in the early, early parts of the season. They did nothing the rest of the way, and yet they were able to move the ball against San Francisco, host Baltimore, so. I'm not in those meetings. I'm not the guy burning the midnight oil, watching every ounce and every second of film, looking through everything, being like, hey, here's a weakness that we can get here. Here's something that got exposed by Baltimore. But it does feel like since that game, all of a sudden San Francisco went from feeling like unbeatable to, okay, no, this team actually is beatable. We just have to go about it the right way. So when I look at what Kansas City is able to do is, I mean, Pacheco had over 20 carries last week. If you look at this season, 33.7% of of Kansas City's plays have been run plays. That typically doesn't average out to 20-plus rushing attempts to Isaiah Pacheco. However, when you look at what they've done in the playoffs between that freezing cold game against Miami and then what they did against Buffalo and then what what they went and did against Baltimore, they were very committed to running the football as a part of their, particularly, the first half drives. Those first one, two, three drives that they have. And Kansas City had a a very effective game plan in all of those games and were successful in all of those opening drives, which leads me to believe that you're going to be able to do that. Now, there is an argument to be made, which is that San Francisco is much better at stopping the run X ex- on the outside part of the offensive line than the interior part. They're very good against the run on the interior part of the defensive line. And that has been where Kansas city has made their bread and butter. So it does seem like a slight mismatch in that perspective, especially with Joe Tooney, not being fully cleared yet. We don't know if Joe Tooney going to play, but they also went up against Patrick queen and roquan smith and a really really good defense in baltimore and they were able to run the football when they needed to and the biggest differentiator is because it's fucking patrick mahomes if patrick mahomes is back there and you're gonna run the football it seems asinine to think hey let's take more snaps away from patrick mahomes and hand them off to somebody else because mahomes is that good but ultimately if that gives you sustainability if that gives you ball control in their first two drives against Baltimore, Kansas city maintained the ball for over 15 minutes. Their first two drives took away an entire quarter of the game. Right? Like that is massive.
2: That's why you don't give him the ball first,
0: but it wasn't. And that's the thing is like, when you go watch those drives, it wasn't because Mahomes was doing his acrobatic, incredible bullshit. They're just marching down the
1: field. There were, there were still even a few just, twisting yeah the, the catch, uh, the, yeah, yeah. The catch
0: by like kelsey where he dives but that was i, th- I think was later the, the third or fourth drive
1: their no, first th- t- yeah i'm just saying there was one earlier it's just like he's scrambling left and then because he can throw off of any angle to any angle he throw he's running left in the pocket throws to the right on like a, a drag route and it's in stride and you're like this is ever the quarterback that's incomplete and maybe picked you know mm-hmm. it's insane to watch
0: but that's what makes Mahomes Mahomes, and that's why he's he has gotten to that Brady esque level where you're like, you just have to expect perfection out of him, and you cannot give him the ball. Yeah, and we'll get to that part of it when we talk about the other side with you know, um, with Kansas City's defense because if Kansas City's defense can can force turnovers, then it's going to be a totally different ball game. But what I will say is, I think Andy Reid has gone through enough of football that like when you think of early 2000s Andy Reid and you think about those runs with the Eagles when he was still an excellent football coach he was always so trusting of the system right hey we're going to throw the ball to Brian Westbrook in this in the flat on a screen we're going to get the ball to our guys andy has adjusted man like he was able to run the ball last year pacheco and mahomes both came up with massive massive first downs in the fourth quarter of that game. Backbreakers, yeah. And that's the thing is like Pacheco weirdly has that same gene that Mahomes does, and because he's so hard to bring down and he's just always moving his feet, he picks up these clutch big-time first downs. The area of the field that I'm obviously focusing on, like when you, whenever I watch a San Francisco game, it's like Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, because they're so fucking good, I just want to watch them play all the time. We know how good they are at linebacker. And I know that Nick Bosa made a couple of big time plays in uh, the second half against Detroit. I am very concerned about what San Francisco's defensive line is going to be able to do against Kansas city. And Scotty, I, I'm fascinated to know your thoughts on this, but overall, I mean, Mahomes didn't take his first sack in the entire playoffs and that's through two and three quarters games. Cause it wasn't until the fourth quarter of the game against Baltimore that Mahomes took his first sack of the postseason. Right. And San Francisco's defensive line for all the money that's invested in there. I think even Niners fans would argue that like, it's kind of been disappointing. Like you're well, yeah, when you spend a billion like,
2: dollars on it.
0: <laughs> yeah. But that's what I mean. It's like you, you go in expecting it to be like what the Eagles were last year, 70 sacks on the regular season. You, they haven't you, been that.
2: Come right? on. Yeah, but you can't be like, "Well, we're going to put up video game numbers because we have Armstead and Bosa." No, and but, but what and, I'm saying and, is, like,
0: the gap like, come between on. the gap between 70 plus sacks in the regular season as a unit versus what they've had is a pretty big gap.
2: Uh, sure. Okay. And what? <laughs> well,
0: and meaning that how many sacks gonna, do we if have if on if you're going to be Hurts. Mahomes? I think the number one thing you have to do is generate pressure. <laughs>
2: It's so because we saw. I, I last disagree. Year, right? Right now, they, they I barely, disagree.
0: Scotty, they were barely able to get pressure on fucking Jared Goff.
2: I disagree. It's well, a, yeah, because that's second... one of the that's the best offensive line in the league.
0: Yeah, but also one of the least mobile. And we're talking about an offensive line in Kansas City who has been as good as Detroit's offensive line was. That's
2: cool. Let Mahomes move the pocket. And if he wants to target and run, fine. But like, how many guys are going to be open for him to throw to? If you if take the philosophy that I'm seven saying, seven
0: or eight yards on second down, like, like, but you, you, Scotty, you then don't go stop well it on as, third. Scott, I don't know what you, to tell you, but <laughs> Scotty, you know as well as I do that the most dangerous version of Mahomes is the version that can pick up eight yards at will.
2: Yeah, I just, it's backbreaking. So, so yes. don't
0: say like, all right. So, what else? That is like has to be one of the number one things you're worried about as a fan. It is,
2: but the difference is you get to live for another play on defense. So he picks up seven yards.
1: Yeah, you, you have and, like that. Right might if be it's not a point, first down, you have to take because Scotty, it's look, so much like there's so many other things. I'll ask that you, you both this question. First.
0: I'll ask you both this question. Do you think it's possible to beat Patrick Mahomes in a playoff game without having elite pass rush?
2: Yes. Probably. Yeah.
0: How? What's what does that formula? The, because I'm telling right you, it's now the, what we've seen from San Francisco is not an elite pass rush. It's,
2: it's the elite same
0: linebacker play, but not elite pass rush. So
2: it's the, it's the same it formula. Possible? It's the same formula that beat the Eagles in the regular season and beat Detroit last week in the second half.
0: But neither you one don't, of those have Patrick Mahomes. I'm talking specifically I don't about Patrick Mahomes. I
2: don't give a fuck. Like, he's going to do great. I get it. But like you have to make him beat you. If he beats you single handedly, fine. Go ahead. Like all the respect in the world to you. We we know how great you are. If you're going to be able to tuck and run and take seven or eight yards every time, or find Travis Kelsey on some freak play where you just flip the ball up backwards between your legs around your uh, around your wife in the in the suite and Taylor <laughs> Swift and find Travis Kelsey, fucking fine. Come on, don't, good don't for you. J-
0: don't pull a Tony Romo
2: good for awful. you I, I i do not if you beat us that way hey you know i'm i'll be the first guy after uh 15 beers to recoup will be like hey congrats on beating us that way bud but can't, like that's why there's 11 dudes on the field homie it's because like if if we're covering the guys that he has outs to if Travis Kelsey isn't open in that spot where he can make that circus play, if Rasheed rice, isn't open in that spot where he can make that like crazy read and fit the ball between a keyhole uh, on the run and, and figure it out. That's what you have to take away. If he beats you by himself that way, fine. But odds are with, especially with the personnel on our defense that you're not going to, you don't have to get home all the time. You have to like create enough pressure to be like, Hey, we're, we're coming, but like, how long is that offensive line going to hold up? Cause really, scheme wise, that offensive line isn't like nearly as complex as as what the, the Niners offensive line is running. And we'll get to that in a second. Um, but they're just that offensive line, especially without Joe Tooney, is going to be like, keep them in front of you, push as, as hard as you can. Um, and it's really just going to be a battle of wills at that point. Um, but yeah, if he beats you by himself that way, fi- like, whatever. Um, I wouldn't even be mad about that. Um, but again, that's that's why there's 11 other dudes or 10 other dudes on the field, uh, plus the 11 on defense.
0: Dito, what what about you? Because I I, I have my own thoughts, but I want to know you. Like, if, if you're thinking, hey, we have a game plan, maybe we don't fully believe that our de- – like, look, you have Nick Bosa, all pro dude, like stuck. Yeah, he's so – You, he, you he let him stuck. He
1: switched the tackles you just but, let him run, right? But
0: Armstead – Hardgrave, Chase Young, Randy Gregory, the other guys who have filled out that defensive line, Javon Kinlaw, those guys have not lived up to the billing of what those names are. So you know you have one elite guy and a bunch of guys who have underachieved but still have high potential. Mm -hmm. Do you believe with that kind of lineup that you can beat someone like Patrick Mahomes? And if you do believe that, how is that possible?
1: So I actually think that for the niners this lines up well just because they can have bosa on either tackle and i th- i think especially um like specifically when you're talking left about when he lines up on the left and goes against yep. juan taylor like i think that's an advantage for them donovan i yeah. think they'll probably chip him i pacheco's a pretty damn good blocker out the backfield um and i bet you they're gonna chip bosa everywhere he lines up what they should do that at least um I think though that if you're a team and you're going against Mahomes, why I said I think that you can beat him even without getting a sack is just because of the fact that you need pressure. But against Mahomes, the key is like you got to make sure you're hitting his receivers like in time, disrupting them because like the weak point of this team is not Mahomes. So you have to affect every other thing than Mahomes. That's why like the way the Niners force fumbles against Detroit at the end, like that's the kind of stuff you're going to need. You're going to need to make plays against the players that don't wear a number 15 or 87 like that's your chance right mm-hmm. the ball can only be in their two hands like Mahomes can be in his hands for a lot of the plays but he's got to get rid of it at some point point. and you got to make sure that all these other guys even Rasheed Rice like this is the biggest game he's ever played in his career obviously like this is just I don't know all of this just accumulating for him Pacheco like it's just going to be you know even though again a lot of the team is experienced you got to look at the guys who are inexperienced who are young got there this year, who have to contribute because the Chiefs have had to do that. Um, Now, do I think, like, in Fred Warner, listen, I think that is the thing for me I am the most concerned about was that first half I saw last week. I don't know what that was, and if we see any of that creep into this game, you need Fred Warner to play his best game this week and command that team and know what Mahomes is doing so they can attack these other guys. I wouldn't be surprised if they're just like, trying to create turnovers especially again when the receivers get the balls in their hands so look for broken tackles all that shit like i could see them making a big play but i think that's if i if i'm coaching the defense what i'm saying like guys we got to generate two turnovers and and if we don't we're not going to win that's Mahomes in the playoffs in the super bowl specifically
0: which i i think is telling right like i think that's telling about this overall situation which cuz the thing is is right like if i were to rank the three levels of the defense for san francisco number 1 is the middle number 1 is greenlaw fred warner if you want to say like you know you have to drop one of those guys back in the, you know from the defensive line to coverage whatever but primarily number 1 they have the arguably yeah. they have 1a or 1b the best linebacking room in football between them or roquan smith and patrick queen their second best unit is their defensive line. So we're talking about this being like, and that's part of the reason why I started there, because we're not even getting to the biggest problem of San Francisco's defense, which is the secondary, right? Now, granted, the biggest problem of Kansas City's offense is the outside. It is the wide receiver play, right? So it's kind of, Although both teams are in the Super Bowl. So when I say this, it doesn't mean that they're bad. I just mean worst versus worst in terms of their lines, right? Like quarterback obviously is number one for Kansas City. Their second best is offensive line running back. Receiving options is the third best unit for Kansas City. San Francisco defense, linebackers number one, D-line's number two, back ends number three. Which ultimately kind of balances out, which is what's so fascinating about this game, because it's like, hey, if Rasheed Rice, as a rookie, comes in and plays really good football and gets separation against a, a secondary that has been exposed over the last month to to two months, then there's going to be opportunities for Mahomes to throw the football. The question for Mahomes is, are the guys going to fucking catch it? I think you trust Rasheed Rice to catch a football, but that's also trusting yeah. a rookie in the Super Bowl as your number yeah. one yeah. wide receiver option, right? And after that, it's MVS, and then it's all the, the the myriad of wide receivers that you're like, do you trust this guy to make a play to catch the football on a big opportunity? And I don't think, like, in the Super Bowl last year, those easy walk-in touchdowns when they when Kansas City was on the goal line – And they ran that misdirection and they were able to boom, just dump it off to Kaderis Tony. And he walked in and McCall Hardman, I think was the other one on the left side. You're not getting that because it's not a Jonathan Gannon, uh, John Gannon defense. You're getting a much more sophisticated defense. However, that secondary is absolutely the problem. However, I think between Ambry Thomas and Chedavius Ward and some of the guys in that San Francisco secondary, I do think there's enough playmaking there that those guys can do it. However, when you take the sample, the most recent sample size, right? And that's why, like, there's two different versions of DVOA. There's DVOA, and then there's DVOA Plus, or I think it's called DVOA Plus. But that has to do with weighting the last five to ten games more heavily versus the entire season. And if you weight the last five games of San Francisco's defense more heavily, you'll, like you'll see that defense has not been nowhere near as good as it was throughout the bulk of the regular season, which is what I think makes this so fascinating. Because when you look at Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw, you're like, yeah, those guys are studs. But like, even in the Philly game, those first two opening drives for Philly were dominant, right? They didn't get into the end zone. And ultimately, San Francisco won by a million points, and it didn't fucking matter. But there were ways to, to mitigate the linebacker position to make them less effective. Yeah. And that's what I know Andy Reed with two weeks of hey, I'm gonna be in the I'm gonna be in the in the the chemistry lab drawing up every single fucking play I possibly can to come up with the best ways to get my guys open. I lean towards trusting Andy Reid and Mahomes more so than this defense who if we're talking about San Francisco's defense in like week twelve. When it was like, this is the, might be the best defense I've ever seen in my life. It's a totally different conversation. But given the way that San Francisco's defense has looked, not just against Baltimore, but against Washington, knowing that they are one of the two worst teams in football this year, and the way they looked against Green Bay, and now everyone's anointing Jordan Love is some amazing thing. And then Detroit, who we, do, we all agree is a great offense. You're going up against one of if not the best play caller and overall offensive mind who is currently coaching in the nfl and andy Reid, and arguably the most talented quarterback of all time and i know that they're going to find ways to make the linebacker position less relevant which means hey that means that we're going to have more leverage towards the secondary as long as the offensive line holds up then mahomes is going to have opportunities which to me means that The most important factor when it comes to San Francisco's deep defense as a whole is that defensive line, because as you said, Scott, right, there's like what a quarter of a billion dollars invested in that defensive line for San Francisco. And they were barely able to get after Jared Goff, albeit a good offensive line. But at the same time, Kansas city's offensive line has given up two sacks throughout the entire playoff so far. To me, yeah, the ultimate and, and only difference scored,
2: maker... And, and only scored and, 23 points or 13 points a game in the playoffs. Or sorry, 23 points a game in the playoffs on offense with, with giving up two sacks. BFD. Next.
0: But you realize that you're completely ignoring the point of the argument, which is that, like, it's the fucking Super Bowl. It's fucking Patrick Mahomes. Like, you can say oh, that yeah. all you no,
1: want. No. You can, well, you I think I think to be pace, fair, Jeff. Like, though, past like
0: stuff like last year, the Eagles. You're talking about were...
2: regular season. <laughs> like,
0: I'm talking about, talking about the season as a whole.
2: Yeah. So now you're nullifying your argument, saying because this is the Super Bowl, it's totally well, different.
0: <laughs> what I'm saying is that I am elevating Patrick Mahomes above everything else. Okay. Right? Which that's what, is, and that's a, what
2: we a, said. Is like we have to. Like stop everyone else around him.
0: And if you do not have a pass rush, you will not be able to stop Patrick Mahomes.
1: I
2: don't think that's true, but
1: yeah, I I would say this right to your point again. Spend two sacks in the playoffs. To Scott's point, like if you're telling me you only have to score 24 points and you beat Patrick Mahomes, uh, that's thrilling. Like the Eagles last year would have crushed, like that team. It's just uh, what I'm saying is, yeah, Mahomes is crazy. He's gonna go crazy. You have to run your defense, but it's not like it, there's no one to grab. There's no secret lever to pull to say like if we're bringing out Humphrey out of nowhere to come cover. Like I don't know it, if, if you have if to. We're talking you about
0: can. if we're talking about like your your expectation is Mahomes at Texas Tech or Mahomes in his first Super Bowl or Mahomes against the Rams where he's going to throw for six touchdowns. Then sure, like I'm with you. Let's add the context here cuz we haven't talked about that side of it is that Kansas City has a legit top-level defense that they've never had before. So you're not playing Kansas City last year. You're not playing Kansas City from years past. You're dealing with Patrick Mahomes with an elite defense where Mahomes is going to be able to maximize the stuff that's around him to get as many points as he needed. Right? Like we could have we could have had this exact same debate eliminate the names of the players we're talking about but have the exact same debate between San Francisco or sorry between Kansas City and Baltimore. And and Kansas City controlled that entire game, right? Mm-hmm. So like Mahomes even last year, Mahomes had less than 200 yards in the Super Bowl last year passing. Did can, did Mahomes control that game cuz it sure felt like it? Mm-hmm. He doesn't need momentum, to throw. Yeah. He doesn't need to throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns to control the game. He's fucking patch. He's the best player in the fucking league. It doesn't matter how he does it. It's the fact that he exists. That is the problem. That is why it's so hard to deal that's with. That's what him. we were saying. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's, that's what we were saying. Like <laughs> no, stop well, everyone else around him and limit that.
0: But, but again, you say that like, it's just,
1: Oh, just stop everyone around no, him. It's going to be no. fine. No, we that's know it's not hard, how like, it works. We there's, know else. there's no other option, Jeff. Yeah. There's no other secret lever to pull. That's what I'm saying. You're, You're asking like, how well, to... This team isn't the first one that's played them. They're not going to be the last that's going to give up touchdowns, but they can't lose their identity. It's the Super Bowl. They have to play their game. Like, that's what they're going to have to do. And, and, and their identity how do that has been all that year middle.
0: that we have a really, really good defensive line. And the best way to mitigate the best quarterback in the NFL is to generate pressure.
2: Especially, I think their identity's
1: been tackling extremely well. Yeah, right when anyone gets the ball and being locked down—that's my view of their identity. Absolutely, I think it's limiting. Explo- but, yeah, but
0: here yeah. let's let's think about it this way, right? And the object's only as strong as their weakest point. What's the weakest point of San Francisco's defense? Their secondary, mm-hmm. right?
1: It's still really good. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's not really good. It's been lit up the last five weeks that they've played.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, okay, I'll say this though, like. Again, we're talking about playoff teams. You're done the best lines and everything. Like you said, like this is how in random games you can have a breakdown on the backside. Yes, this Niners team has had consistent like a holding or something up plays like pretty consistently. You could say that for sure. But they've also had like there have been multiple games where they've been rated as the top defense in the NFL. Um, and they've actually done a very good job. And to your point, does the defensive line has an impact on that? Absolutely. Right. Like that is absolutely linked defensive line play to the secondary play and how they're graded. I also just think that when you're talking about like a few of these guys, like Tredavious Ward, in my opinion is just one of the best. He's been one of the best corners in football this year. And I've loved what he's done. Um, Lenore is a good other option. I, I just think that this team has enough. Again, we all know this is not, the again, the Chiefs of even last year or the years before on offense, but it's still goddamn Mahomes. Like, so no matter what you do, you basically just have to be like, these are the guys we have to lock up. Like, you're going to have to have Ward and Rasheed. Like, I, I think that these skill players line up pretty well in terms of just like the defense and the offense kind of neutralizing each other a lot of it. So you have some wins here and there. But I don't, like, I'm more worried. If I'm looking at this game, the thing that, that right, like Scotty had said, the Chiefs like to do is play with the middle of the field. They're going to run at you. You're on play action. Kelsey will sneak back. Rashid Rice on an in-cut. And those linebackers have to play out of their minds. And the secondary, like, safety's coming down, have to play it right. Or help. Yeah. And, and like, <laughs> that, that middle of the field, like, they're going to focus on that. So I don't think they're going to care. I mean, they're going to care about the rush. But the worst thing that's going to happen, to your point, is maybe there isn't even a rush and he's sitting back there for four or five seconds and you got four defensive guys in the middle of the field on different layers defending everybody and that's when Mahomes takes off and Just like fucking
2: prevent every play
1: well like and, well not pre-vent, look, but like, like you know what I mean the middle is going to be a big a big deal I think you're gonna see a I, lot mm-hmm. of routes there which I think is 100% right and the big the big
0: thing is that I think if you are The off, you know, Matt Nagy and Andy Reid, you're 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 figuring out the play calling. You're trying to figure out, hey, this is what we're gonna do, and we saw it with what happened in this game against Baltimore, right? Which was that
1: I kind of forgot Matt Nagy was here. Yeah,
0: right. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Coach of the Year, 2016, double doink, 2019, yeah, 2018, yeah, 2018, Coach (laughs) of the Year. Um, but that is that is exactly the point, right? Which is like, look at what happened in that game. And Vito, you you know you talked about this when we came off the AFC NFC Championship game, which was that Baltimore dominated the entire second half of that game, right? And it was up to Baltimore's offense to get them back in that game because Kansas City went punt, 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 knee. That was their entire second half, right? They didn't they didn't not score the entire second half.
2: I'm I'm good with that script because we'll it, talk about yeah, it next but absolutely. like that yeah that, I, you, like you on feel, offense like i'm good with that
0: it is but and again we'll get to kansas city's defense and that stuff you know in the in the, in the next part of the segment but i'm for me like i look at this in that kansas City's going to come in with the best possible attack and if you, if you want to be completely honest baltimore is a much better defense than san francisco they're better in the secondary. They led the league in sacks this year and they are just as good at the middle part of the interior like part of the defense at linebacker than San Francisco is. As I think San, I think San Francisco of, oh, no. is as a full or, step no, below. talk about that one. What Baltimore is. It just they I am okay. sorry. Like statistically Baltimore led the NFL in sacks. They have a better secondary and Kyle Hamilton is better than any single player in the entire secondary Marlon Humphrey. No doubt is better in the entire secondary than any they have two Mm -hmm. players who are better than anybody who is starting in the secondary for san francisco undeniably baltimore secondary is better than san francisco's that doesn't mean that san francisco can't stop them but they also have like a, a borderline and we'll call it generational but like we they have a they also had a brilliant defensive coordinator who is you know i know steve wilkes is a good defensive coordinator but like Mike McDonald is now a head coach for the Seattle Seahawks for a reason, right? Because the defense he was running both at Michigan and at Baltimore is is putting him a tier above everyone else because of the style and the way that they ran it. And he is the defense that other teams are looking at to be like, how can I add that to to my team right now? San Francisco doesn't have that. They don't have the personnel in the back end. They do not have the the personnel or the production on the front end. They have as much talent, I actually think more talent, at the linebacker room than Baltimore has, which is saying a lot, because Baltimore's linebackers are fucking sick as it is between Queen and Roquan Smith. To me, ultimately, I look at this game and I say, San Francisco's defense has to play unbelievable, particularly in the first half. Because the game script that Andy Reid's going to come up with for the first half of this game is going to be two weeks of prep, which we know historically what it means when Andy Reid has multiple weeks to prep for a game, in which he's, what, like 80%, 80, 85% his win-loss record when he has that much time to prep for a game. He's going to come up with a successful script to go down the field and score on his opening drive if San Francisco can do enough to agitate Mahomes and the number one thing you can do to agitate a quarterback is not coverage and it's not linebacker play it is the defensive line that is why my emphasis is so much more so on the defensive line than anything else well, you have Nick Bosa who is an unbelievable top 5 to top 7 you know pass rusher in the NFL you have paid Javon Hardgrave, a shitload of money. You have Eric Armstead. You have Chase Young. You have Randy Gregory. You have so many bodies. Javon Kinlaw. You have guys there. If you are not able to disrupt Mahomes and disrupt Mahomes early, then you are setting your secondary and linebackers up for for failure because linebackers and secondary can only do so much when it comes to brilliant play calling.
2: Except when it's Fred Warner. Um no, but no, not I, I think
0: no, not Fred you guys were down how many points at halftime against the Detroit Lions? What did Fred Warner do for that?
2: Yeah, we're talking we I'm won. talking about um, the
0: first half specifically, Scotty.
2: I think particularly too, you can neutralize that if you if you want a, some pushback, you probably don't. Uh but if you want some pushback, like throw a linebacker, a safety, or a corner blitz. Right? Like I mean, drop those guys in. Scott, and, and, San Francisco and did that on. in
0: the first half against Detroit. It didn't okay, matter. Okay. Yeah. No, we
2: suck. We're terrible. Yeah, but we still. No, win, we're so talking whatever. about the
0: first half. The first half against Detroit, San Francisco's defense, y'all's defense got owned by Ben Johnson and the and Detroit we... Lions, and you won the game. Both well, things a, like, can in be that true. Second buddy.
1: half
2: because because we dropped guys in, and yeah, Fred Warner Which went off. Which and... is
0: why what I was saying is that San Francisco's best chance to really control this game is to dominate the opening drive. And if they can, through their pass rush, disrupt what Kansas City trying to do, then they will be able to throw off the game plan for Kansas City, which is something that Baltimore wasn't able to do, that Buffalo wasn't able to do, and that Miami wasn't able to do. But what we know about San Francisco is they have the talent to do it because of the guys that they have. My question is, are they going to be able to do it? And that's why, to me, the biggest question mark here is, as almost always when we talk about big games like this, can San Francisco dominate that line of scrimmage? Because if they can force a three and out, or even, hey, you get two first downs and they force them to punt, if they can force a punt on Kansas City's even opening three. possession, Yeah, or, yeah, three would be a huge win, but if they can yeah. get a punt or three from their first possession, that is massive for san francisco and i will tell you this if that happens on the opening possession for kansas even if it's the first drive of the game and i have all my bets placed in whatever but san francisco forces kansas city into three and out i'm hammering san francisco Because what we've known about this Kansas City team, and this goes back all the way to when Kansas City played Philly. Remember that stretch where there was like three weeks or four weeks where Kansas City didn't score a single point in the second half?
2: You're talking about the regular season,
0: yeah. Yeah, I am talking about the regular season, but I'm just No, 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 I I was just clarifying, yeah. yeah. That stretch where they played, Kansas City played, was it Miami, they played them in Germany, and then they played the Eagles. Oh, yeah. And there was, there was like a, there was like a stretch there where they had scored like over five, four or five weeks. They'd only scored like seven points in the second half. What did we see in the, in the AFC championship game against Baltimore? They scored no points. So if San Francisco can, like if Nick Bosa decides off the bat, he gets a huge sack on that opening drive on like a third and long or something that like sets the game off. Dude, that is so big for San Francisco. But that's why, to me, it's like the secondary is a push. The linebacker play, you know Fred Warner, you can blitz guys, you can do different things. The line of scrimmage has to win for San Francisco, and they have to win early. Because if if San Francisco's trailing and catching up, that can be problematic.
2: Yeah, I mean, we're best when we play in front. That There's no doubt about that. Uh, but despite that, we still score nearly 30 points per game in the postseason and over thirty points per game in the regular season, like, so, yes, I I agree with you that playing in front would be ideal, but I still think there's ways that we can, we can play a competitive game, uh, play yeah, a so shootout even week. as as Vito alluded to, yeah, um, and, and and win
1: the game. Two weeks ago, I guess, dude. This whole Sorry, Pro Bowl yeah, thing, I know. Can we like not anymore? Can we you just like, like
0: the Pro Bowl stuff? No, I don't mind doing it.
1: Sure. It's just like put it after the Super Bowl like let yeah, the, the super bowl be the super bowl lot. yeah
0: God. all right let's go through the checklist let's go through the checklist uh we'll start here um i guess you'd say quarterback running back of kansas city against linebackers san francisco so you have mahomes pacheco versus linebacker and and we'll go through the whole recap of just position by position but I want to start here by side by side, Mahomes, Pacheco, and slash Edwards-Eller, McKinnon, whatever, against my Ma- uh, Warner and Greenlaw. I mean, slight Mah- edge
2: to Kansas City because they have Mahomes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's Mahomes. Mahomes. I mean, the answer is yeah. yeah, the Mahomes.
0: Yeah. Uh, Kansas City pass catchers versus San Francisco secondary
2: Bush.
1: It's it's man it's close. I would say a push with the linebackers in coverage against like Kelsey, right? Yeah, take that into account. So yeah, like that's what I'm doing at least. I'd I'd give the edge to Kansas City solely oh, because
0: solely because of Kelsey. I mean, Kelsey's, I'm, I'm leading that that's way. That's fair. Too. I mean, yeah. Kel, Kelsey's very, like, arguably the like the greatest pass catching yeah. tight end in the history yeah. of the NFL. Like and like, and has two could, Super again, Bowl rings. I mean.
1: Yeah, he already is one. He won last year. If he wins again, like I could, I don't think retirement's crazy out of the picture. Like I bet you someone will ask no, him after the game, especially if they win. So like um I think he'll still play, but that's definitely like he's getting to that age, right? And if yeah. as you're winning, that's a good way to go out. He's seen what's happened on his brother's side, so.
0: Yeah. And he's and he's ready to uh start his acting career, it seems.
1: Um
0: all right. And the last one here and this I I I mean this is you can make an argument either way. And I, I think it's fascinating, but line of scrimmage, Kansas city O-line, San Francisco D-line.
1: This is the hardest. I think out of any position groups that we are going to pick in this entire thing for me, this is the toughest because I think they both have one stud and then some other guys. And, and I'd yeah. say this Creed Humphreys played very well, in my opinion. Um, I like He'd, some of the he's, other.
0: He's arguably the best center in football. Yeah. that's coming from an Eagles fan. Like I, he is that good.
1: Yeah. And, and with that, and then I I do like though, to your point, like the names of the guys on the Niners, right. We're talking about Humphrey who obviously like killed it with the Eagles last, like we have guys who have just done it so well in other positions, like other places. And this is kind of like, they tried to assemble the, you know, infinity gauntlet with all the stones like they try to get all the pass rushers they could to line this up i think that these guys are brought in for the big game i'm gonna give them like I, I believe in a lot of these guys still i will be the first to admit i'm usually a guy who believes in veterans a little too long so i will say that but i'm gonna go ahead and believe in this defensive line i i love like like listen like there's a couple notes here right like Obviously, they they've had some movement on their line, but I believe that the defensive line for the Niners is going to win this battle. Both like pass rush is important, but I think against the run too, Bose is a lot better than people give him credit for. Chase Young is very very good at that as well. So like I- I'm excited to see also what they can do uh against the run because I think it's just as important.
0: Yeah. Well, and and for the record, real quick before you answer, Scotty, that that is a really good point because. Kansas City, like I said, Kansas City likes to run up tight. And that is where the run defense for San Francisco on the D line between Armstead and Hardgrave. Like Hardgrave and Armstead That's are both yeah. They yeah. they think of those guys as like, oh, those guys are you know good pass rushers. Like Hardgrave was incredible against the run last year for the Eagles. Same thing with Armstead. Those guys are better as run defensive guys than they are pass guys. Um, and that's exactly where Sanford's or where Kansas city likes to run the football. When you look at it from the outside, you think, Oh, well, Kansas city, you can run against Bosa and against chase young, the guys like that. That's not where Kansas city likes to run the football. So it's kind of like a, where they like to do it. It's tough to do where they don't like to do it. It's harder, but it's a good point.
2: That's the difference to me is the scheme, right? They're not asking guards and tackles to pull, um, to go run outside. They're like, Hit your hit your A gap and and your B gap, and and we're gonna like try to run through the tackle. That's that's that doesn't work. It, like even with Joe Tooney in there, that doesn't work against this defensive line, um, and especially in that second level because again, like that's where Dre Greenlaw comes in and gets physical uh, at the at the point of attack at the line yeah. of scrimmage even, um, and and that to me is the difference, um. Yeah, I. That's where and that and the depth, uh, uh, on the on the Niners defensive line is where I give the edge. The scheme of the the Chiefs, uh, offensive attack, um, on the offensive line and the uh, the depth of the Niners defense as well.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna take Kansas City and their offensive line, um, primarily because of and this is what's really hard about stuff like this. How do you value an entire season's worth of data? versus what you've seen lately, right? And what I've seen lately from Kansas City is an offensive line that even without Joe Tooney, arguably their best offensive lineman, they still uh, held the best defensive line in football, uh, or at least the best defensive pressure unit uh, with the Baltimore Ravens to two sacks, and it wasn't until in the fourth quarter. So I'm going to take Kansas City. Um, I trust Andy Reed at the end of the day, Andy Reed is an offensive line guy. Like that's, that's where his bread and butter was built, right? That's where he started. And every great Andy Reed team, even going back to the Philly teams, you had John, John, Run- John Runyon, you had Trey Thomas, you always had good offensive line. Um, and he knows how to coach those guys up. And we, we think of him as the West coast offense play calling guy. He knows where the bread is buttered. And we saw it last year, against the Eagles unit that like almost broke the record for sacks in a regular season. We saw them do it against the leading league uh, leading team this past year. Um, you know, two weeks ago against Baltimore. Um and honestly, I think San Francisco's pass rushing unit has to be looked at as a bit of a disappointment this year. I I don't for the record, I also don't think they made any mistake going after Chase Young or Randy Gregory. Like there's guys who have the potential to be premier pass rushers out in the open market. You'll go make that trade and see if that that's the guy's going to help you win a Super Bowl. Um, but what we've seen from Chase Young and Randy Gregory has been not a whole lot. Um, so I think Bosa is going to give you a ton, but where they need and like really, really need to generate pressure from is going to be from Hardgrave and Armstead. And if those guys deliver, I think we're going to see a very, very different, you know, Super Bowl than we saw last year. But I have a hard time believing that with how well Kansas City's offensive line has been playing. You know what, man?
2: I hope on the outside, Chase Young and uh, and Randy Gregory have the most sacks. And I I can come on here Monday and be like,
0: (laughs) hey, look, if they do that, it'll be complete outliers to the way that they've been playing. And that means that, hey, they balled out in the Super Bowl and credit where credit's due. But both of those guys, as you said earlier in the segment, have been disappointments. So it's like, hey, if they show up in the Super Bowl again, every single ounce of whatever those draft picks were that they gave up for those guys will be worth it because they they will have won a Super Bowl. If it's not, then, you know, you look around and be like, hey, man, we, we... the Eagles did the same thing. And there's so many teams that have done that throughout the season where they add a pass rusher late just to throw another body out at somebody. Sometimes you pick the right guys, sometimes you don't. And it also is completely dependent on who's available. And for the guys that were available, they brought in two guys who gave them hope. And we'll see what ends up happening. It's gonna be I, I'm so curious because I think so much to me, and I know I always say this every year. But we also remind everybody every year that the Super Bowl always comes down to the offensive and defensive line and who plays better. And in this case, I'm going to lean towards Kansas City. Um, but it's going to be fascinating. All right. We'll take another quick break. And then we have the Niners offense against the Chiefs defense. This one is going to be fascinating. I can't wait to get through it. So take a quick break. We're we'll back on this side to do that. All right, got the other half of the side here. Uh, we have San Francisco's offense against Kansas City's defense. Obviously, we know San Francisco has unbelievable weapons. We know that they have one of the best offensive linemen of football in Trent Williams. They have Brock Purdy, who has exceeded all expectations coming in as the last pick in the draft two years ago. Uh, Scotty, we'll start with you. How are you feeling going up against Kansas City's defense?
2: Good. Um, again, like this is a defense that gives up, uh, a million yards a game rushing, um, uh, often close to a hundred on average. Uh, and it's a team that you can utilize most importantly, a pass catching back out of, uh, the backfield, whether that is, uh, Debo or Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I think you now have two weapons that can, that can exploit the Achilles heel, Of that defense, it's going to be hard on the outside. But Brandon Ayuk runs a lot of those routes uh, back toward the middle. Um, I think you can get get some on crossers um, over the middle as well. Although that secondary is is no joke. It's it's elite. Like you're going to have to beat them at the line of scrimmage because they're going to be very physical. Uh, This is a game where I expect George Kittle to not only be a factor in run blocking, uh, but be a factor in in the passing game where. Uh, we saw a lot of this uh, against Detroit where he's not only putting Aiden Hutchinson on the ground uh, on a running play, but also like, Hey, uh, I'm like, because of that threat, I'm going to come up to the line and block you and whoop, slip out. And here I am wide open. Um, I think you're, you're going to see a lot of that out of George Kittle um, as well. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see the, uh, the scheme uh, that, that Kyle draws up on offense and, um, because again, I think you can, you can get after him. And then, you know, you talked about this on the other side of the ball with the, with the the Niners defense, right? Can they stop the chiefs on the, on the first drive? That's, that's pretty key. Um, I, I think it's going to be important how much the Niners commit to running the ball, um, uh, because they stuck with it against Detroit and it was not there early. And all of a sudden Christian McCaffrey just does his thing and breaks it off. Um, and i and i'm not going to be shocked if he has a big game um but again like this defensive line from from Kansas City is is going to be tough um across the across the board not just uh uh on on one particular side obviously we have Trent Williams on the left but like they're going to come at you on the interior with Chris Jones who's one of the elite players um Carloftis has been incredible uh this season has really come on um and they do a really good job of of dropping their linebackers to not only spy on a quarterback who's mobile, which we saw some out of Brock. I wouldn't be shocked if we see more out of, um, but also like in, in coverage and filling gaps on, on run plays. Um, The the thing is again, and, and we talked about this with the chiefs running game is that there's a million different ways. It's, it's almost all the same play uh, or same handful of plays, but, there's a million ways that the the Niners can get after you with the with the run game. Um whether that's Debo or or obviously McCaffrey or Eli Mitchell who's up the middle or Uzek. Um, right. And 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 there's a million ways that uh Brock can make an adjustment at the line. Um I, I'm excited to see how Brock responds to the moment. Um, I'm excited to see how how the rest of those guys, particularly the first time guys. Even though Trent Williams has been in the league for a hundred years, um, it's his first time in the Super Bowl. Christian McCaffrey, same thing, first time in the Super Bowl. Um, I'm excited to see how they respond in the moment, um, and and see if it's if it's not too big for them. Um, And even Debo, he was a rookie the the year that we played the Chiefs in 2019. So, um, I'm a fully formed. Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, uh Brandon Ayuk who's taken leaps and bounds uh strides this year to be to become one of the uh the better wide receivers on the outside in the NFL. Um George Kittle who's who's been there forever. Uh I am really excited to uh to see how these guys respond to the big stage. Um cuz I think I think if I know my guys like it's it's going to be it's going to be another game where we put up 30. Like we have all season long when all those guys are healthy.
0: Yeah. What about you, Vito? What do you feel?
1: This one's so hard because I think like as we'll do, right, you go position by position and I think the Niners are really better in a lot of them just talent wise. The problem is this chief's defense has just done insane shit in the playoffs. And this reminds me of like, I mean, th- this is a better team, right? Because they- they've been a better defense the whole year. They've just been incredible. And it's it's just right. The you add up the parts and the sum is greater than all the parts added up. Like this team just plays better than they should. And I don't I don't get it. I just don't get it. Like we took excuse me, we talked about it. When you look at what they've done recently, right? Like the fact is they're their offense scored enough in the first half to win the game last week uh, with 17 points. They held the Ravens to 10 points. And yeah, part of that was forcing a fumble on the goal line, right? The MVP the though. Like, like... That's that's the kind of stuff they do though, right? And and that was one, right? What did they do? They just disrupted all... They took advantage of Zay Flowers who was young in the game. I wouldn't be surprised if they go do the same kind of thing, right? That we talked about where, um, you know, the Niners, to your point... They have really experienced guys, but maybe guys who have been in the Super Bowl and, and that experience means something. And everyone on that Chiefs, not everyone, but we're talking, I, we also saw those stats earlier in the week about how many Super Bowls each team had and all that stuff. And like, you know, they're not just because the Chiefs were obviously just there. There's so many players that have been there. Um, this defense outplays. So this is like, this is very difficult. I think when you're talking about, um, like every level I I really would take I'd probably take San Francisco but I just know for a fact that this is going to be way tougher than what I see you know what I mean it's like when you analyze it it's like this shouldn't be that hard like they're so talented yeah. but that's what I thought um, last week with with fucking Baltimore I thought Baltimore was going to torch this team and I was absurdly wrong so like a lot of it, so a lot of it, a
2: lot of it hinges on Brock, though. like at the end of the day It
1: does it right. does but I, I think it depends more on like um yeah it, it will depend on brock and making the right decision but can can these guys make the break a tackle like they're gonna have to win one-on-one battles that's it right and if they don't it's gonna be a three-yard game and like that's gonna be the difference in this whole game is the it's, one-on-ones and like
2: sounds like you're saying christian McCaffrey is a difference
1: <laughs> well we'll see we'll see who the one-on-ones <laughs> they go to all the time right that's up to them to pick right they're gonna select their one-on-one matchups but like shit man i I, what i'm saying is i thought baltimore would have had a way easier time than they did so like i feel like i don't know this team i feel like what we've watched is a team get better and better and better and better and they keep surprising me every single week like they were one of the best we said already i don't know jeff what was it like week 10 we were like this is the best defense Mahomes has ever played with like ever i mean we we said it earlier. that yeah yeah probably before that before i mean and now all of a sudden we're at the end of the year and they're still surprised me on how good they are. Like that's scary. That's what I'm worried about. Like this, to your point, this isn't the Eagles team of last year, or this isn't the the chiefs team of last year at the Eagles play. Like this is a, you have to beat this team in a much different way. Um, But I think in order to do that, this San Fran team has to really, really put it to this defense and they've just held up, man. That's just been their thing. They've, it doesn't matter. If you get a big play, they hold you up and force a fumble on the one. Force a field goal, and you know, once you get yeah. over the the fifty. So I I don't know. That that's my take. What do you think, Jeff? Um, I look. I I look at where we where we go into
0: this game with Kansas City's defense. Amenahu who, not being in this game is is a huge loss. Uh, we saw the way that he impacted the Baltimore game, just as having a not that he's a game wrecker by any means, but no, he's he was a, always just in the backfield, really, really consistently good. You know defensive end right so it's one less pass rusher if you talk about the depth of this kansas city team the one area where it feels like they really lack depth is pass rusher right they rely a lot on Carl Loftus and on uh chris jones to be like hey you are going to be the guys that do this that being said when i uh, analyze the kansas city defense i look at spags right like ultimately that answer yeah. that you were talking about there, uh, Vito, like the questions that you're you're talking about, the answer to a lot of that is fucking Spags. Like Steve Spagnolo is the difference. Like he is so good at scheming up this stuff. And that talk of, you know, earlier this week, I heard it was Peter Schrager, I think from NFL Network, was talking about, you know, the Rolodex that he has, which he's been around this game for so long. He's coached what four different super bowl championship defenses i mean he's in the conversations for if you are just talking about the defensive coordinator spot one of the greatest defensive coordinators of all time you know because he is able to if his whole focus is just on defense there are not many people on planet earth who have ever been better than steve spagnola at coming up with a defense given whatever the pieces are that being said take a look at the defenses that He's you know run right, you know, when he was in New York, those defenses he was running in New York, he had Michael Strahan, he had uh OCU Manura, he had Justin Tucker, he JPP. had JPP, Jason Pierre Paul. I mean, as a rookie, like, he had so many guys who were absolute game wreckers, right? Like guys who ended up being all time guys. I mean, all those, I mean, those three names are just laid out could all be, I mean, one of them's at least a hall of fame, but. OC and, you know, JPP or like fringe hall of fame guys, you know, and then you take those away and it's like, all right, you got Chris Jones here, you know, who else do you got? And I said, this to Scotty on, on Monday's pod, which was like, did the Eagles have any issues with the pass rush of Kansas city last year? Cause when I checked, they put up damn near 40 points, you know, the, the, the defense wasn't the issue. When it came to the Eagles and Kansas city last year, it was all about who was getting the ball last. Like that's ultimately what it came down to. And yes, Jalen had the fumble, but Jalen's fumble was, uh, you know, a a self-inflicted wound. That was him dropping a snap. That wasn't because somebody came up and hit him on a blind side as he was putting his arm back and they fumbled the football. So I think, the spags like spags deserves a lot of credit. And you, you understand that like, Hey, he's going to come in with the best possible game plan for the people that he has in front of him. But if he doesn't have the horses, there's only so much that a coach can do. Right. And I think when you look at this Kansas city defense, you go, Hey, Chris Jones has to absolutely destroy this game. And George call has to put in one of his best performances ever. And when, Hey, that AFC championship game, but George Karloftis had two sacks in that game, at least one, maybe one and a half. I mean, he was all over the football. They need a lot out of George Karloftis, and this is his, what, third year, second, second third year out of George this second year. He's a great player. Loved him at yeah. Purdue. But they need him to be a game wrecker because every single time that Chris Jones rushes the passer, he's going to be double teamed. Like, you know that Kyle Shanahan's wary of that. We're not talking about the defensive line of the Eagles last year, where it was sweat and it was Reddick and it was, you know, Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox and George uh, George, uh, Hardgrave and all these different guys, like name all the guys that you want. With that being said, then that comes into the question is how much is Spags going to want to blitz in this game? Because Spags knows he doesn't have the horses to get home to Purdy. If he starts sending a lot of blitzes, then it's going to be a different conversation, right? Because if, hurdy struggles against the blitz which he did against detroit that's gonna be a problem but ultimately when we talk about this dynamic between san francisco's offense against kansas city's defense i think and we talk about this every year but it's also worth mentioning the experience of playing in a super bowl is very unique right you're used to a 12 minute halftime in the nfl you're getting thirty, closer to forty minutes of halftime when you play in the Super Bowl. All right, you got to take your pads off, you got to change shirts, you got to do a bunch of stuff. You got to find ways to play time, you know. And, and ultimately, we've heard some of these stories between Brady and Peyton and all these guys who've talked about it. The guys feel like they have an experience going into it, but like Jalen last year, like Jalen was new. He played great. He was great in the second half. Mm-hmm. Well, Jalen also played in multiple SEC championship games. He's played in national championships. He's played in college football playoff games. He's been, in- he's also like
1: that cool demeanor. Like he doesn't, Yeah. he's always, he hasn't been flustered to your point, but then it's more of like, how does it impact those quarterbacks that are up and down? And like Purdy's been pretty consistent, but he has well, some games where it hasn't also, been great.
0: Purdy played at Iowa state. Purdy's yeah. never been in this game. Purdy has no idea what this is like. And when you look at the games, particularly going back to the Baltimore game till now, like we were talking about with their defense, Purdy has struggled in the opening half of all of those games, right? Like going Baltimore, Washington, Green Bay, Detroit, that's four games in a row that Purdy has not been good in the first half, which is why when we were talking about Kansas city's defense, I'm like, Hey, if Kansas city or, uh, uh, Sorry, reverse, San Francisco's defense, where San Francisco could stop the early attack of Kansas City, which has been so good, where Kansas City has been a first-half team, not a second-half team. The last five weeks, San Francisco has not been a first-half team. They've been a second-half team, right? So if San Francisco can stop Kansas City in the first half, allow Brock or, to or get limit comfortable. Yeah. Right? Or, or limit <clears throat> them. to Yeah, exactly. Great point, Scotty. If you can <clears throat> limit them in the first half, then we're talking about, hey, that means that Brock's going to come into his own in that second half, or Shanahan, the guys in the offense, they're going to come up with it, with adjustments that are going to work in the second half. Well,
2: yeah. Assuming, that assumes like Spags doesn't come up with the adjustment to counter the adjustment, true, but, but look, which I is mean, where we're at. <laughs> like, yeah,
0: and, and that's the thing. It was like Spags' defense was incredible from start to finish against Lamar, right? But what I do think is that Lamar at least had some sort of playbook as like, Hey, if you make Lamar be Superman, like I was saying on the, on those podcasts, you'll have a chance to slow him. I don't think that playbook is out on Purdy. You know, I think that's kind of what Detroit fell into a little bit. I think that's what green Bay kind of played into a little bit. I don't think Spags has a direct answer for the Brock Purdy question, which is that if Brock Purdy just comes out and starts slinging the ball and, and all of a sudden it's scrambling for these first downs and all this stuff that's completely unpredictable. That's going to be a huge problem for Kansas city in this game, which is part of the reason why, like, I keep going back and forth because to me, it's like, I look at the first half of what Kansas city can do and knowing what their defense is. And then I look at the second half of what their defense has been able to do, but also recognizing how bad their offense has been in the second half. And then I look at San Francisco and you say, Hey, they're, their first half has been shit the last five weeks, but their offense has been amazing in the second half of the last five weeks. It probably wouldn't, looked at, wouldn't have looked as good if, if Detroit wasn't playing the football that they were playing. You know, if they weren't turning the ball over and making small mistakes the way they were, maybe it's a different game. But ultimately, San Francisco has kept themselves in every single game, and they are so fucking talented across the board that it is impossible to keep them out. And ultimately, there's there's one thing that matters in this game, boys. There's one thing. Hmm. And I think it will ultimately be on Monday morning what we are talking about, whether or not San Francisco is holding the Lombardi Trophy. or Scott is happy? Essentially, (laughs) yes. Scott's happy or Scott is, you know, we got to clear out all the uh, firearms away from Scotty for a while. Uh, The question (laughs) is, how many carries does Christian McCaffrey have?
2: Because of oh, Christian McCaffrey, great question. But do you do you think it's a, because
0: if Christian McCaffrey has twenty five plus carries, it's a wrap.
2: Do you think it's limited to carries? That's my point. Is like I he's mean, look, so good catching touches, the ball out of the backfield.
0: Like, like you can like say total touches. Touch, if okay, that's better. But like, I what I mean is when I say carries, I think the best because the one thing about. And there is a slight difference between the two. And the big difference I agree. is this Kansas City is really good at tackling out of their secondary, right? Like Tranquil out of the slot, Snead, McDuffie, they're all really good court, Ooh, tackling. Willie Gay getting on the outside. Yeah. In the safety spot, Justin Reed, Mike Edwards, they're both really, really good, like tackling secondary players. And then, of course, you have Willie Gay, Nick Bolton. You have the guys in that linebacking room who are also really, really good. But to me, and this is the thing, is Kansas City throughout the regular season and their first two playoff games going into the game against Baltimore ranked 28th in the NFL in DVOA against the run. They were one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. They would be the fourth worst running defense in the NFL. So yes, you can say, oh, well, what about dump, you know, screen passes to McCaffrey, dump passes. If you're dumping the ball to McCaffrey in the flat, if it's anything other than a design pass and he's the safety valve, then that is a win for Kansas city. If you're running screens, if you're running design pass plays to McCaffrey, even with McCaffrey, how good he is with the ball in his hands, that's a win for Kansas city. What you need to do is just line up and fucking run the football, dude. And like, I still think Willie Gay and Nick Bolton are really good tackling linebackers. But what we've learned with McCaffrey is that if you give him the ball and let him run up the middle, he's still getting you five yards. Run that play over and over and over again. And you win the the time of possession battle. Play (laughs) play football the way that Kansas City has played football throughout the playoffs. Like the way that Kansas City has played football throughout the playoffs has been like minimizing the shit that Mahomes has to do, which seems crazy because it's Mahomes but then count on Mahomes on third down to make an incredible play, which he's done. If you're if you're a San Francisco, just give the ball to McCaffrey. Just do it. I don't care if he touches the ball 35 times in this game. Give the ball to McCaffrey as many times as possible, and as yeah. long as he stays healthy, you will win the Super Bowl. I wholeheartedly believe that. If you could give me a guarantee right now, Jeff McCaffrey touches the ball 23 times or more. 23 times that's not 30 that's number not 20 to say 23 times I will bet San Francisco undeniable because he is so hard to tackle he stays up way longer than you think and even the best tackling teams in the NFL have struggled to tackle McCaffrey what was the one lone bright spot of that game against Baltimore on Christmas they still if couldn't bring get the ball. Down, they still yeah. couldn't bring down McCaffrey when they gave him the ball Now, granted, they they didn't give it to him a lot. That game was out of reach. They didn't want to hurt him. I understand all that. But when they gave McCaffrey the ball, even the best tackling team in the NFL wasn't able to bring him down. Give McCaffrey the ball. Do not overthink it. It doesn't matter how good or bad the offensive line is. That is the – if I were to rank the number one decisive meter, if McCaffrey has 20-plus touches –
2: And he he averages – he averages twenty one point two this season, regular and so postseason.
0: Wings to San Francisco, but then and again, even... what we saw in the Baltimore game was we said the same thing about Baltimore and their running attack. The running backs touched the ball six times in the entire game. So it's a great
1: point because, in my opinion, I'm with you, Jeff. But I actually think it's, I think it's like twenty three carries, and I the reason why I think carries do matter a lot is because you got to get to those linebackers and you got to, you got to be on the offensive. This is a super bowl. You want to dominate your, like you want to push forward and on passes, you're still letting the defense come in a swing route. That's great. And you get them into one-on-ones. That is great. But to your point, like just to be nasty and have all those bodies and to be pushing, it's just that force. It's that energy. It's like, that is a momentum building thing for 18, right? Just getting getting your will pushed and getting able to get four or five yards every once in a while. Like that, yeah. that's huge. And I think that is and a 20, massive deal. 20 plus this team
0: carries to me is a Super Bowl win for San Francisco. Like Th-
2: this, this again to me comes back to a scheme issue, right? Like an issue for Kansas City, but a, a plus for, for the Niners. The offensive line, when you include Kittle and use check too. As as run blockers are so good at getting to that second level, this year we still haven't seen Trent Williams pull, but even still, like they're so good at getting to that second level. So when you say twenty three carries, twenty it, say it's even twenty five, yeah, like yeah, whatever. But are we talking about it has to be McCaffrey or are we like no,
0: it has hey, to be McCaffrey?
2: All, all of a sudden, Devo's Devo's got a a a. Play out of the backfield. I'm, or... I'm saying
0: twenty plus carries from from McCaffrey. You need to yep. it, like if you hand the ball off and get hey McCaffrey, here's the football. Make something happen
2: and scheme it so that like you, you have to honor Debo and be like, oh no, Christian's getting the ball.
0: Have, you don't even <laughs> have to scheme it. That's how good McCaffrey is. McCaffrey, like for as good as we've talked about, like Derrick Henry over the last couple of years and other guys like that. McCaffrey is the closest thing we've had since LaDainey and Tomlinson to, or maybe not LT. We'll say Adrian AP? Peterson. Yeah. like McCaffrey is the closest thing we've had in the NFL since Adrian Peterson to a guy that if you just give him the ball and get the fuck out of his way, your team will win more than it loses. Right. And the thing is too, that's a, the number one thing that Kansas city doesn't want you to do. If you gave Steve Spagnola truth serum and you said, hey, what's the number one thing you do not want San Francisco to do? It is unquestionable because there's there's a million reasons why. McCaffrey's incredible. The offensive scheme and the polling stuff that, that Shanahan's come up with, all that stuff. Do you know what the, the most basic thing is? The weakest part count. of your Scotty, like the weakest part of your offense right now is what?
2: Uh you're probably gonna say Brock.
0: No, I'm not gonna say Brock because Brock's not the weakest part of your offense. Um, it's the right side of the offensive it, line. Oh yeah.
1: yeah. Specifically attack. But it's not, it's not terrible. Exactly.
0: Like... Exactly. Right? That's the point. So historically, when you have a part of your offensive line that's not as good, what's the one thing that helps the offensive line? Because offense knows the play, defense doesn't. So inherently, the offense always has an advantage because yeah, run of run the that, ball, right?
2: Run that side, run
0: the fucking football. Yeah, the offensive line. Even if you're not great on the offensive line, right? If you even put them if, in the like, dirt but again. And I'm not even saying that the offensive line, the right side, is bad for San Francisco. It's been yeah. very good, considering that's mainly made up of rookies and second year players. Letting them be the aggressor, letting them be the one that set the tone. That they know they can make the white knuckles on their fingers when they're down the three point sense stance right from the Invincible the movie. Yeah, that is such an advantageous standpoint for a weaker offensive line. And if that is the salt, and it is the only weakness in that offensive line, then you are strengthening your weakness, and you're also at the same time handing the ball off to your best player on your on the entire team, which is McCaffrey. So to me, it's like if you if you just hand the ball off, give the if, if McCaffrey has 20 players, plus whatever he gets in the passing game, it's San Francisco all day. Because there is no way that a team is going to be able to handle that. The only possible thing that gets in the way of that is the person who's calling the plates. And we'd be remiss to not mention the Mike, the Kyle Shanahan issues that have come up in the postseason. My gut feeling is that Kyle Shanahan has learned from what he's done. Yeah. And you cannot waste a team this talented. Brock Purdy, no Brock Purdy, offensive line, no offense, whatever. You cannot waste a team this talented and not just give the ball to the guy. And that's also including if McCaffrey has 20 touches, 20 carries, and Debo has three knowing that one of those three Debo carries is going to break for 12 yards. 24. I mean, <laughs> yeah. if, like I wish there was an over under propped that was McCaffrey and Debo combined, uh, like carries.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And if it was at like 23 and a half, I'd be like hammer the over because the only, I really, not the only way, the best way that San Francisco wins this game is just have Brock Purdy hand the fucking ball off to the guys who brought him there and let your, the yeah. weakest part of your offense, turn the weakest part of your offense into a strength. So, and now every pass play becomes so much easier. Exactly. And that's what you have to you do with just... Brock because Brock has struggled in the first half of so many of these games that if you can alleviate as much of that stress and issues that he's had in the first half of these games by carrying the weight on these guys, then all of a sudden that third and ten that comes up in the fourth quarter when it's a one score game and you need it, that play becomes so much easier. Yeah, it doesn't have Rock to be a heart attack.
2: Yeah, exactly. No, I'm with you, and that's the that's the difference. We've we've talked almost all year long about the difference between, uh jimmy on the niners and brock on the niners and it's like no that's it like you alleviate the pressure you don't have to have jimmy make the throw on third and 10 in the nfc championship game where he gets sacked by aaron donald and uh or almost sacked by aaron donald and makes a stupid pass for an interception D- don't put your quarterback in that situation right that's what they've done well, and that's um, what
0: Christian McCaffrey makes. That's the exactly, difference yeah. That's that what I mean. Makes, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just want to um, make sure that's clear to people. Like the biggest yeah. difference is McCaffrey.
2: Yes, between yes. the two, yeah. But again, like if you put Brock in the situation where he's managed, even if he makes a, a ton of these unbelievable throws through a keyhole um, in key situations, even, um, it's going to be because that was opened up by what you're describing with yeah. Christian and Debo and Eli Mitchell in the run game.
0: Yeah. And, and look, I'll say this. I think and, – and Debo is a perfect wide receiver to have against this type of secondary, right? To so yak like, them up. McDuffie yeah. and Snead and Tranquil are physical, nasty wide uh, cornerbacks. Debo is as physical of a wide receiver as there is in the NFL. Debo wants the contact, right? And then Ayuk, he's gonna have his moments where he gets open. To be honest, I want to fade Ayuk in the Super Bowl, not because I think he's a bad player, but because I don't think that this is a game that suits what he does. So if you're looking for other prop bets, Ayuk under, Ayuk under catches, all that stuff. I feel like Ayuk's gonna be quiet in this game. I feel like this is going to be heavy Debo, heavy McCaffrey, heavy running game. Because I just I I can't imagine Kyle Shanahan. Because here's the thing is like coaches, they pretend like they don't hear all this shit. Kyle Shanahan's not a seventy. he's not Bill Belichick. He's not 70. He's not going my my snap and face chat and all that shit that you know you know Belichick used to say, right? Yeah. Kyle Shanahan knows it. He knows what the narrative is about it. And if he is so ignorant to that, that he goes full send on like, we're going to have Brock Purdy throw the ball 35 times in this game. That's a massive mistake. Which
2: which was his folly in four years ago with Jimmy.
0: But it's also the fault that he had with Jimmy, but it's also the fault that he had in the first two playoff games. And if Kyle is still like banging on to that, then you're letting the fucking Chiefs stay in this game. And the worst thing you can do, I know this from hope. experience is to give yep. anything to Patrick Mahomes. And that's why the defense has to play as perfect as possible and let your off your offense has to capitalize on every mistake. The only reason Nick Foles has a Super Bowl ring is because somehow, some way he went toe for toe with Tom Brady and the Eagles found a way to get one turnover. That's the only reason, right? If it's not for that, Nick Foles doesn't have a ring.
1: You have he to Last do this- year. Yeah, the Chiefs had to get one turnover, or else they yeah. wouldn't have won that game. That's you, correct.
0: You, ha- yeah, you, you have to do that when you play Mahomes. When you play the the best of your era, right? That's how you have to play. Sometimes you get lucky, right? Sometimes you get to be like Vito's Broncos and you play Cam Newton and a t- and a guy who has no idea wow, what he's hold doing.
1: On. And Von that Miller was a good team. It. Yeah,
2: that's what
0: Von I mean. Miller. Von, no, no, Von Miller
1: not, took hey, over. No, I'm
0: not taking anything away from it. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, like. You would have felt a lot different going to Super Bowl. Obviously, you're both AFC teams, but, like, if you had to play Tom Brady, I know you had to beat Tom Brady to get there, but I'm just saying, like, when you're in that Super Bowl, you're in that moment, and you like, hey, big drive, whatever, it's nice to know that it's not Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes on the other side in a Super Bowl.
1: It's wonderful, but- actually. Yeah. It, <laughs> no, you're, you're absolutely right, because on the flip side, like, we've had Manning, again, earlier, th- and played Seattle, and got our stuff stomped in, like, it's it is crazy. Like you can have a great oh, offense. I was Legion of Boom, dude. <laughs> well, yeah. I, what, what? And I guess the point that Jeff's trying to make too is like, yeah, when you have, when you have a Mahomes or a Tom Brady, and before that, it was probably like really. You got to go back to Montana just guys. are just like they're going to win. Those they're offenses, going to win when they're yeah. Not. I mean, uh, LA.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, any of those guys who were in that well, era, Steve and just Young, just
1: like. If they're in the final game, they're going to win it. That's, yeah. I think, the craziest thing. And even though Brady lost two, it's like, yeah, out of how many? Well, like, and damn, on top dude.
0: of it, too, it's like, dude, like we've had how many opportunities? I, I, Boomer was on part of my take this week and he said something and it made me do the math and I kind of figured it out. In the last 10 years, since 2014, Big Nine is too, by the way. He is yeah. also yeah. Bill's Um, but in, in 20, 2013-2014 season. So 10 years ago, that was the Malcolm Butler interception Super Bowl. How many Super Bowls have not had either Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes in them? Zero. One. It's not zero. It's two. Two. The your Super the Bowl, Broncos. the Broncos, yep. the Broncos Super Bowl against the Panthers. And the one we had a couple of years Rams. ago, Burrow against Matthew oh, Stafford. Oh, that's a, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Golf played against
2: Brady. Yeah.
0: Other than that, out of the last decade, every Super Bowl has had Mahomes or Brady,
1: and in one case had them both. Which that is right. now it's you know Diego why America hates time. them. <laughs> I, I, are you ready for this? I bet you by the end of 2030, that number doesn't get above five in the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah. Like, and that's the thing. It's like that's what I was talking about the last time you were on the pod Vito, where I was yeah, like right? over yeah. under how many of these, how many times did these this Lamar, or Josh Allen, or Joe Burrow? Damn. how many Super Bowls do those guys go to moving forward? Because it's crazy. I mean, in the last 10 years, there's only been two Super Bowls that hasn't had Mahomes or Brady in it. And it
1: happened, right because yeah, 2014, Manning, which is 2014,
0: the 2013, 2014 season was the Brady. the the yeah, it was Brady was Malcolm the Malcolm Butler. Butler. 2014-2015 was the Broncos.
2: Legion of Boom.
0: 2015-2016
1: was No no, Ford. Yeah, 15-16 was Broncos. Like 15 was Broncos, 14 was Malcolm Butler. 16 season into 2017 Super Bowl was it was the uh, back uh, to Brady.
0: Was the Brady was the 28 to 3.
1: Brady and Goff, yep. yeah.
0: Then 17-18 oh, no. was the Eagles. Right, yeah. Yep. And then uh 18-19 was Brady and Goff. 1920 was, that was the one off
2: Brady and was, was Mahomes. No,
0: was Mahomes Mahomes and Garoppolo. Uh, 2021 and then Brady and Mahomes was Brady and Mahomes. 21 22 was uh, kid was the 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 one off Mahomes that was the Burrow and, and oh no, no, so,
2: yeah, you're right. 21 22 Jill. was,
0: was Burrow and 23 uh, Stafford. 22 23 was jalen and and mahomes and now this year we have we have mahomes and and purdy it's crazy
1: yeah fucking mahomes i feel like we it's... missed one there so
0: wait so when the 13 14 year was the legion of boom right that How was when they that?
1: beat the shit out of us
0: then yeah. 14 uh they the 14, had that team 15, from no, 13, no, sorry, the... sorry 13 14 was steve was seahawks beat pats Fourteen fifteen no, was no oh, no no no
2: no. They never beat the pa- the Patriots. They lost to the Patriots.
0: No Seahawks yeah. beat the Broncos. Broncos. Oh sorry, you're right. Sorry. Patriots beat Seattle. 13-14. Next year. Right. Fourteen yeah. fifteen was.
1: That was fourteen fifteen. Is what we're
0: saying. Oh, so we're so okay. So yeah, now that's yeah, I guess yeah. that's nine years, not quite so, ten years. So. What was wait? What was thirteen fifteen? Thirteen fourteen then.
1: That was the Broncos Broncos, D- but yeah, Seattle. That okay. Oh, sorry, okay.
0: Seattle. So in the yeah. last nine years, technically. Still, sorry. I was off right? by a year. Still. I had
1: I had my Seahawks
2: was, Super Bowl uh, either way. Right.
0: <laughs> but it's yeah, still incredible. Way, seven out of the last nine Super Bowls have been Brady or Mahomes. Um but all that... Oh next to year say, we're
2: gonna have a, a Super Bowl with Brady too. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, he's gonna be that's on the call in the booth. <laughs> but all that's all that to say that when you're going up against Mahomes, you just never know. And like your offense, so many times when you're going up against those guys, you have to play a perfect game. You know, like whether it's offense or defense, like Russell Wilson throwing the interception to Malcolm Butler, right? Hand the fucking ball off to Marshawn. How many times did we talk about that, right? Yeah. Like, could this Super Bowl be another opportunity? They're like, you have fucking Christian McCaffrey. Hand that, the ball off. Why didn't you throw yeah. the ball off to McCaffrey? That, just
2: that was the one of the, that was one of the rare moments too, where Why it was did like, you
0: trust Brock Purdy. Like, like is there a hey, world? Hey, that... don't
2: you don't you say that? Uh, but that was one of those moments in hindsight. Like, it was very clear, but also in the moment, we were like, what are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> like,
0: but isn't like I just I see a world where we're talking on Monday. About Kyle Shanahan and being like, "Why didn't you just give the ball to Christian McCaffrey?" Like Scotty's sitting there, fighting tears back, sad with another glass of whiskey in his hand, being like, "Why did you just hand the ball off to fucking Christian McCaffrey? You could have just done it that way." No, you know. Kyle's, Instead, Kyle's learned.
2: There's gonna Kyle's be a learned. big
0: moment where, like, you because the thing is, there. Has Kyle's to, got a lot of
2: scars. A lot say of scars. what you
0: will, right? And this is a perfect example to talk about Brady and the way that Brady's career started. In order for them to beat the Rams, Brady had to go on that two-minute drive, right? If Brady doesn't deliver the way that he did on that two-minute drive, they don't beat the Rams. And that was the impetus that started the Brady legacy. There's going to be a moment where San Francisco has to trust Brock Purdy. And to this point, he's given us no reason not to trust him. But does it get to a point that you're at the 10-yard line? There's a big play. There's a big moment where you go, do I trust Christian McCaffrey to get me something, or do I trust Brock Purdy to give me everything? And that bet that,
2: is So thing. that depends on the situation. Of course. Yes. And
0: that's all. This is yeah. we're all predicting now, right? So, of course, like, the, we have no benefit of hindsight. We don't know the details or anything. What I'm saying is that in almost every Super Bowl, there's a moment like that where you have to say, fuck it. I'm trusting my guy. And there's going to be a moment where Kyle, even if he plays really conservative and calls plays, you're still going up against the homes, right? Unless it's a blowout. If it's a blowout, then you're fine. You can just hand the ball off. That'd be
2: great for the the blood pressure, really.
0: It, (laughs) It would be. Trust me. I was hoping for it last year and it never came. If that happens, great. Congratulations, Diners. But more than likely, there's going to come a point where there's a big moment in this game and they're going to have to trust Purdy. And if it's in the second half, I trust Purdy. If it's in the first half, I don't trust him as much. And this is where I feel like the experience of playing in the Super Bowl is going to become a detriment against Purdy.
2: Hey, man, I told you two weeks ago, history starts somewhere.
0: It does. It does. Hey, no one thought it was coming from Brady when he went on the two-minute drive against oh, St. Louis, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, the 13 seconds, no one, the, the number of 13 seconds didn't matter before Mahomes made it matter, right? So there's always a chance that that can happen. What All I'm saying is that there's going to be a moment and whether or not Purdy meets the moment and and accelerates through it and makes it or doesn't is going to be a defining moment of this game, in my opinion. And if Purdy in the does NFL. it, yeah, absolutely. And if Purdy does it like he did in the Detroit game, when he came back and he had those three scrambles, those were the defining moments of those games. We can say the tipped pass off the helmet of the defensive back for Detroit and all that stuff, that's fair. But ultimately, the thing that won that game for San Francisco were those scrambles that Purdy had. And there's going to be a similar moment in this game that's going to ultimately determine one way or another whether or not, hey, San Francisco won this game. They went out and they fucking grabbed this shit, you know. And Purdy made the plays in the biggest moment to make it happen. Or it's going to be another time where Mahomes does it again. And we're going to come to our picks here in a second. We've seen Mahomes do it. We've we've never seen Purdy do it in the Super Bowl. We've never seen Purdy do it at this level. Mm-hmm. Does the experience factor affect that, or is it going to matter of whose ball, who has the ball at that moment? It's going to be. It's going to be fascinating to tell. So, um, Scotty, I w- I will let you choose now that we're getting to the point where we're going to make our picks here. Um, if you want to go first, I think everyone knows where you're going with. I will I will let you lay the floor if you want. If you want to go last, you can do that too.
2: I'll go first.
0: All right. Let's hear I'll go it first.
2: It's plain and we're simple. We're predicting,
0: predicting score as well, by the way. Everyone, throw your score predictions in there.
2: Okay. Um, it's plain and simple. It's it's go and get them on the offense. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, it's it's Kyle telling the world, "Hey, this is this is our time." I've made the adjustments. It's the defense stepping up at a key moment. Um, against, and, and no disrespect to this Chiefs team, that's one of the the best defenses maybe I've ever seen. Um, and. and Mahomes is one of the greatest quarterbacks I've ever seen, but there's something to be said about destiny, and that bounce off of the uh, the Lions' cornerbacks' uh, helmet does not happen if you're not a team of destiny. Um, uh, I think this we've we've been starving for so long. 1994, I was five years old. I remember it vividly. The last time the Niners won a Super Bowl against the Chargers, another AFC West team. Um, and ever since then, it's it's been heartbreak. But we've been starving for our sixth title. Yeah, I think Warriors. Uh, I'm talking Dines. about the the Niners in particular. The it's Niners. Nah, I'm not saying the Bay Area isn't uh, isn't starving I'm from just titles. With
0: you. I know. I get. It. I get. It. I get it. I just have to throw. <laughs> but, it in.
2: But uh, I think this is this is it. I think I I don't know i like th- there's there's points like this where like you just kind of you just kind of gut it out. Um, and the team's gonna do that on the field and uh, come Monday we're gonna be, I might be in San Francisco. Um, so uh, I think this is it and I, and I think that uh, as good as Mahome's is, as elite as Mahomes is, as great as Mahomes is, um there's a spot for for other people and the underdog in Brock Purdy and the 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 destiny of what this year has been through the ups and the downs that the the Niners prevail in this game. I'm gonna go score I'm gonna go Niners thirty three Chiefs twenty seven.
0: Niners 33 Chiefs 27 all
1: right Vito all right man I I think both these offenses I like against the defenses I do think that like we talked about KC is just different um when it comes down to it for me it's just the simple fact that you're talking about Patrick Mahomes in a Super Bowl but I like, listen, I like Shanahan. I love this system. I love the style of football. Like I said, this is the zone blocking scheme from literally the Niners three decades ago that Shanahan evolved and then it went on and his son's evolved since then. Same concepts, right? Uh, but I, I love this team. I love how innovative Shanahan is. Even in old concepts, new ways to run them. Uh, but I love the defense, specifically the linebacker play from San Fran. I think it's going to be a huge difference when it comes to what they're doing with Kelsey and, and especially stopping Pachanko. Cause if Casey gets up, listen, they couldn't score last week, but against Baltimore, but they did get some first downs. So um, they did do something on the there. clock. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I do I, that helped them win for sure. But in my opinion, it's got, it goes back to Mahomes, and I just, I'm, Sorry, I cannot bet against him until he loses again. I'm staying with Mahomes. Um, I I'm gonna be rooting against the Chiefs, but I'm putting my money on the Chiefs. And I think that's like from my perspective, the most fair way to do it. When it's Kelsey and Mahomes, and you're talking about the greatest duo to ever do it in a postseason, at least the most prolific, maybe not the best, but the most prolific. They have that stat. So um listen, they're they're gonna keep getting more and more completions with each other. I bet you they get another touchdown in this game together. And I think the chiefs pull it out. I don't, th- I think it's going to be a close game. And in my opinion, I would have to say it's going to be something a little weird. I'm going to go with like a 29 to 24 um, and the chiefs win.
0: God damn it. You guys made it. So I thought for sure, Vito, you were going to go with the Niners. <laughs> you know why? Cause I don't know.
1: I've, right? never, I've never <laughs> been this
0: torn. As Scotty was talking, I was like, you know what? I'm going with San Francisco. That's where I'm going. And then Vito just said, yeah, Patrick Mahomes. And then that name mentioned, like, <laughs> enters your mind again. And you go, fuck, yeah. That means you have to bet against that guy, doesn't it?
2: Yep.
0: I'm going to say this. Andy Reid, for a very long time, was the guy who could get there, get close to there, and couldn't get it done. And it took losing in the Super Bowl by, what, four points to the New England Patriots in 2004. And it took leaving an organization. And Kyle Shanahan left the Atlanta Falcons to become a head coach, got his team to a Super Bowl, And this might seem like such an insignificant, small thing to essentially base my decision on. But the way that he coached Brock Purdy in the second half of that game against Detroit to take the ball and run when the options were there, when the opportunities were there, showed me a level of growth in Kyle Shanahan that we have not seen before and a willingness to adjust and to abandon the brilliance of Kyle Shanahan and what he can do as a coach to scheme up something and to just take what's fucking there. That's what people wanted from him when he was the offensive coordinator in Atlanta to to not blow a 28 to three lead. That's what people wanted when they were up 10 point or eight points against Kansas City in the fourth quarter with 10 minutes left. Or was it 10 points with eight minutes left? Whatever it was, being up that many points against Kansas City in the Super Bowl four years ago. I think Kyle Shanahan has learned. I really do. And shockingly, I'm sure to Scotty and to some of our listeners, I'm going to take the San Francisco 49ers to win the Super Bowl this year.
2: I love you, buddy.
0: buddy. And I'm going to pick against I love you too, Vito which absolutely makes me want to (laughs) vomit i hate the thought of making an official pick especially because if i get this right that means i hit 150 picks correct on the season damn so i have a lot riding on this but you know what
2: and a friendship (laughs) no Just kidding. <laughs> we, would
0: have been, we would have been friends no matter what. You kidding me? I would have cold called you time. I would have created a Google phone numbers just to come up to call you to get you to come back on the pod. But I I appreciate I've gotten, that. <laughs> I've gotten so many times back and forth this week. Y'all boys have no, many, have no idea how many times I've gone back and forth. And I was positive going into today. I was going to roll with Patrick Mahomes. But you know what? I keep I just I keep thinking about that moment in Detroit. And as small as it might seem, that decision at halftime was short stuff to say, you know what, proc Brock, go get those fucking yards. I don't care what it is. That showed a level of growth. And I think about Andy Reid. The first Super Bowl he went to, he didn't get. The second one he did. I called Kyle Shanahan the modern version of Andy Reid because of how many NFC championships he went to, going to a Super Bowl and losing it. I think he gets there in time number two. And I think this is the Niners and Kyle Shanahan's time. And I will say the Niners win, and I will still argue that Brock Purdy is not. A franchise quarterback afterwards. i don't care <laughs> as long as he
2: has a ring doesn't matter if he's got a ring i do not care
0: i cannot wait for monday when the niners win <laughs> nah, like right? all right leave <laughs> story brock purdy not a franchise quarterback even though he hasn't even gone on his super bowl parade I, yet i
2: but. hope he throws for fucking 400 yards and
0: that's anyway, where i fell what's your I score did, <laughs> i did not think that's where i was gonna fall I didn't yeah. think that's where Vito was going to fall. I knew that's where Scotty was going to fall. I thought for sure it was going to be Vito picked the Niners. Scotty picked the Niners. I took the Chiefs. I'm going to make the biggest mistake that you shouldn't make, which is bet against the best guy. But you know what? I'm I'm doing it here. I just, mm, my gut right now, my gut's going to feel totally different 48 hours from now. But for now, that's where I'm at. So, could, Me and Scotty are say, on the Niners. Yeah, go ahead. What's my, your score?
2: Oh, oh, oh my yeah, score.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 27 to 24. Okay. Ooh, 27 to 24. I think it's going to be a close game, but I think there's going to be some big time drives where Brock does his little I'm sneaky fast bullshit and falls forward. And uh,
1: I think the Niners are going to pull it off. So what 20... I was going to say was, yeah, yeah. oh, sorry, you like no, you're good. Or 27. I what I was going to say is, I wonder if you can boil this down to: is this just the best team versus the best player? Like it is at I've the been, end of I've... the year. Is this what's what it funny is,
0: like... is Scotty and I had that exact conversation after we recorded on Monday, and and we talked for what like 15, 20 minutes about it, and yeah. that was essentially yeah. exactly what it boiled down to, which is that we have the best player in the world at this sport and the best team and the thing. And this is why football is the fucking best is that the most important position in all of sports is the quarterback position. And at the same time, it is the most dependent on the people around it. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I, I love this Kansas city team. I think ultimately the thing, the Achilles Hill that will bring down the chiefs in this game Will be the wide receiver core. I I ultimately do because I don't love San Francisco secondary, but they are definitely good enough to make life difficult for MVS and Rasheed Rice and the fact that outside of Travis Kelsey, the number one wide receiving target, like the receiving target that you need to rely on the most, is a rookie. That's tough. That's yeah. tough. And we will see. We'll see. It's going to be fascinating, but I'm excited. I think this game goes one of two ways. But it is the epitome of, you know, in stop immovable force versus you know the was it was what is it unstoppable unstoppable force yeah versus the immovable object yeah that's kind of what it feels here. The Chiefs I've or the the Niners I've said it all year they've been the best team in football. And uh I think they hold the, the Lombardi here at the end. So
2: well, I took Monday off one way or the other. <laughs> one way so.
0: or the other. Uh Good I'll call. say this for the podcast, we win either way. Whether it's drunk, depressed sat Scotty or ecstatic drunk Scotty. I mean, Vito and I might be annoyed by happy Scott, who's very drunk, but you know what? I You'll earn it. it.
1: You'll earn it. At it. That point. Yeah.
2: I yeah, that 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 was my thought. And then again, like, uh, what I said the other day to you, Jeff, I was like, it's either whiskey or champagne on Monday.
0: <laughs> well, for your sake, I hope it's champagne. For mine, I hope it's whiskey. But um, <laughs> I'll say this: I I I I made this take. Uh, what was it like? Three weeks ago? Two weeks ago? Scotty, the way he roots for Philly teams, similar to you, Vito. because But, Vito, you live in Philly, so you have like an extra pull towards Philly Oh, teams. yeah,
2: but he's a West Coast guy. I mean, it this begins, is our attitude.
0: But what I'll say this is that, Scotty, the way you pull for Philly teams is the way I pull for Penn State. You know, where it's like on paper, I probably shouldn't. But you know what? I'm going to because there's so many people in my life Who pull for those teams? That's how I feel about Penn State. You know, if Penn State wins the national championship, I will have a glass of champagne with you. I will toast it. I will say cheers, happy days.
2: Better not store that in the fridge too long.
0: Yeah, I can't quite do that when it comes to the (laughs) Niners, though. Unfortunately, buddy. I, I I, I give you. I'll give that. That's fine. No, no, it's cool.
2: I was all in on you guys last year, but after you beat us in the title game, I just,
0: I just picked the Niners to win. I know. No,
2: it's fine. (laughs) So.
0: And you and I are going to go play some golf tomorrow and we're going to have a day. So it's going to be great. All right. That's all we got long pod, but you know what? This is our biggest pod of the year. So thank you to everybody. I'd be remiss if I didn't say, thank you again for everybody who's listened. We're coming up on 250 Mm -hmm. episodes here in the next couple of weeks. Um, This is the biggest pod every year. When I go back, I look through our biggest ones. This one is always at the top. So the fact that we have as many people listen to us and as many people who who tune into this pod as they do, particularly for this week, means a lot. We love you guys. We appreciate you guys, and we're going to do a full breakdown of everything. Hopefully, Scotty is of sound health <laughs> at happy. that point, happy. or maybe not. That's who knows? all we want. We want Scotty to be happy.
2: sound health is is ambiguous happy is not (laughs) that's why i chose that
0: phrasing specifically so (laughs) uh but for the boys Vito and scotty thank you guys for an amazing football season we have another great we have one more one more recap of football coming for you guys and then we have a long long wait we'll have other content in the meantime but until then thank you guys for listening enjoy this super bowl until then